0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 This is Scorpio Sky, and you are listening to the Keeping It Strong Style podcast, and it is the best. And let them have it, because this is just an intro Keeping it strong style, six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your hosts, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Happy New Year, and welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here, joined by the young boy, Josh Smith On today's show, we will be previewing and giving our predictions for Wrestle Kingdom 13, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe. It's time to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly into your email inbox. And make sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv. Over 4,000 hours of independent pro wrestling from hundreds of promotions across the globe. If you use the code socialsuplex, you'll get your first month free. And after that, it's only four ninety-nine. So check them out at powerslam.tv. Young boy. Wrestle Kingdom is right around the corner. First off, let me say, Happy New Year, everybody.
1: We will be dropping this before the New Year, but you will not be hearing from us until after Wrestle Kingdom has yeah, occurred. Yeah, we're
0: gonna give you a little uh, treat here. We're gonna drop this episode give early. You, give you
1: a little taste. Yeah, we, want, <laughs> we wanna make sure you
0: guys heard this preview in time um, before Wrestle Kingdom, um, and you have you know the full week to listen to this in time for the show. Um, absolutely. I just want to say, man, your intro
1: just now, top 10, top 10 for all intros you've ever done. 10, 10, yeah. 10, one, 10, <laughs> are, are you, are you like not so glad that when you go to indie shows, nobody does that crap anymore? Yeah. Although I'm not going to lie. I was definitely doing that. Like three, 10 <laughs> and like James Boyd would be looking over at me like, this, fool. Yeah. I've also started many a USA, USA Chance. chance yeah. For no reason. For no reason, but just oh, to, you know, imbar- like invoke uh, images of racism. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. No, I love the USA yeah, Chance. It's, it's very easy to get a, a Rylan James at a, a wrestling show. Oh, absolutely. Either a like USA Chance doing the 10-count uh, Chance. If uh, somebody does a, a double move spot... We now call that the James Boyd spot. Yeah, we were hates, watching, uh,
1: uh, we were watching Kawada and, uh, Tenryu. No, was that Tenryu? Yeah, it was yeah. Tenryu the other day from the Tokyo Dome. And, uh, they did the double, what did they do? Was it clothesline? Or was wow. it double punch?
0: I think it was a clothesline. First off, it was awesome. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. And then, second of all, I was like, "Oh, the James Boyd spot."
0: <laughs> yeah. So, anytime there's a double move, we call it the James Boyd spot. I was watching um, AR Fox versus Myron Reed earlier today. They both did a double cutter to each other.
1: The, this man, just so you guys know, this man Jeremy has <laughs> uh, gotten himself a what is it? The it's
0: a WWN Club.
1: Yeah, WWN Club subscription. How much is that? Uh, nine ninety nine. How many wrestling subscriptions you got right now?
0: Uh, I got WWE Network, I got... I
1: didn't didn't ask you to list them, I asked you how many.
0: I'm listing them out. (laughs) WWE Network, New Japan World. I'm just being a jerk. (laughs) WWN Club, Honor Club, that's it, four.
1: No Power Slam TV?
0: Of course, oh, I got my Power Slam TV, yeah, Power Slam. So five, yeah.
1: Five, oh my god. Um, yeah, maybe you should get a, a World of Stardom, uh...
0: Uh, we'll Maybe see. <laughs> We'll see
1: But anyway So this man's got the WWN club now And what What? When did you What did you start watching Just the first so, January show
0: Yeah so I started watching The first Evolve of this year Of yeah of 2018 Well first I caught up on the ones That happened With like Roddy Strong And The most
1: recent ones The recent ones The WWE Yeah
0: uh, Yeah WWE Evolve
1: <laughs> WWN WWE NXT Yeah Yeah
0: um, and then I started going went back from the beginning of the year to, and then work my way back forward.
1: Yeah. So you've got yourself a little viewing project. Yeah. Yeah. Don't
0: know what I'm going to Th-
1: This is all going to, you know, like, as soon as, like, New Beginning starts, like, Road to New Beginning, you're not going to be able to do this Oh, anymore. yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> like, this is him
1: filling the hole that, like, uh, New Japan has left behind right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, did you watch those line Break matches yet?
0: Um, the only one I saw was the Young Lion match.
1: They're uh, all Young Lion matches, right? Except n- for the main events.
0: No, because on the second one, the first, the first car, the first match was Young Lion. The second match was Rocky against uh, Maliger, I think. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so, but there was no commentary, and it was kind of throwing me. off. I kept like finding myself like zoning out. You're not a true wrestling fan. <laughs>
1: you don't have fighting
0: spirit in your heart, I, dude. The no commentary like always kills me. Especially since it was like old show too, I was like,
1: eh. it, it, isn't it funny how earlier in the year when we were first introduced to some of these concepts we were fine, but now we've become spoiled and we're like, ah, there's no Kevin Kelly, there's All no, right. there's no Don Callis on the show. I'm definitely not watching it.
0: <laughs> um, like, give me some Japanese commentary. Give me something like. But
1: yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. We're we're here sitting in what is, what day is it? Saturday?
0: Yeah, it's Saturday. You know, I was gonna say Sunday. It almost feels it's like a uh, Sunday. It's Saturday, be... December 29th. Oh my. God. So
1: New Year's is in a few days. Yeah,
0: we're a few days away from New Year's. I'm not even thinking about New Year's. it. It's because I have so many
1: holes in my life that are not filled, so I don't make plans. Uh, I'm a workaholic. Um, yeah, I f- totally forgot about New Year's. We're in that like weird week between Christmas and New Year's, and you don't really know. Dude, what I've to lost do.
0: track of what day it is, what time it is. Like,
1: yeah, you're trying to like recoup from like the Christmas holiday, and then you got this other. Lesser but still important holiday, and there's all this pressure to like do something, and I'm like, oh no, maybe I'm gonna do a FOH draft again. I don't
0: know. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Hey, uh, just on the subject because we were talking about it before. If anybody's listening and I uh, offended you with my vulgarity or my lack of cohesiveness or my slander, I do apologize. Uh, FOH Josh is not. The Josh that sits before you. In Thanks. fact, I'm glad that we have a new year. I'm starting to like, I'm sitting here feeling very thankful because I'm like, I need to get my life in order. And that's all going to start with Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Bro, next year I'm going to be at Wrestle Kingdom.
0: You mean 2020?
1: I'm already in 2019. I'm, I'm okay, in the future. Gotcha. So in 2020, yes, I'm going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. I've already made up my mind. I, I've said Dude. it several times, but I'm dead serious. Dude,
0: I'm right there with you, man. You,
1: you want to go? Yeah.
0: Do I want to go? Of course I want to
1: go. We got to ask Zach. Yeah. We got to ask Jamie. We got to hit up uh, Chris over in uh, good old Aussie land to yep. see if he wants to come. Yep. Um, hit up some of our other boys. I don't know. We'll see. We'll run it, man. We'll run it. But I'm I'm excited. This is weird. It's kind of throwing me off because I'm so used to like getting off on a Monday, coming home, rushing to like get a workout in, or buy some groceries, or take a nap, or whatever the crap it is I do before we record. Then, uh, not be ready for the recording. You have everything prepared, and then I'm running around like splashing water on my face (laughs) and like psyching myself up and saying pre
0: -pre match workout
1: out now, brown cow, (laughs) and like getting my voice ready. And then I come on here and just say fuckery or whatever. And I'm ready though to, to do this. We have here's the thing, guys, we're sitting here, sans notes. I have no prepared. Like, this is me off the cuff. Like, this is off rip. We're going to rip it to bits.
0: We've been preparing all year.
1: I do feel like we've been preparing all year. That's why I feel so confident for us to just sit here with, like, I don't have my my iPad. I don't have notes. We just got a mic, two guys, and your iPad because I feel like we got this on lock. Yeah. Um, I haven't even thought about what I'm going to say before we start this. I literally, I haven't even thought about predicting winners up to now, um, partly because I am a little bit uh, overwhelmed. By trying to do it accurately. Yeah. But now that we're out here on the air, like we have to do it. So I'm ready. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna work it out logically. We're gonna go through the stories, we're gonna go through the, the uh, situations, you know, and the booking logic and um, put on our Gato caps and see what what the future holds for New Japan and give you guys an excellent the actually not just an excellent the ace of previews when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom thirteen.
0: Yes, the, the best New Japan Wrestle Kingdom preview.
1: I, I do feel really proud of the product that we put out there. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I do. I think that there's a lot of people that do great jobs, but, um, and I, I, it's not coming coming from a prideful place, but, like, I feel always genuinely proud, aside from the FOH draft, I feel <laughs> genuinely proud of the podcast
0: content that we put out. Yeah, man, we're, we're on fire right now. So, we're,
1: we're such marks for
0: ourselves dude i'm the biggest <laughs> mark for myself <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh
1: my god so, all right let's get let's
0: get this going so we things are going to kick off with the pre-show the number one contender gauntlet match for the never open weight six-man tag team championships and we have the team of taguchi torianu togi makabe the team of David Finley, Jeff Cobb, and Yuji Nagata, replacing Michael Elgin. We have the team of the best friends, Chucky T. Beretta and Hiroki Goto. We have a KES team of, or a Suzuki-gun team of KES and Minoru Suzuki. And then the final team is a Bullet Club Elite team of the villain Marty Skrull, Tokyo Pimp, Yujiro Takahashi, and Hangman Adam Page.
1: What a lineup. So... Let me ask you, since we're on the subject, we're not getting a Rambo this year. Right. With us not getting a Rambo, we are getting um, five six-man teams here, but we are not getting a wacky, any sort of wackiness. So there's not going to be a cheeseburger coming out. Like, these are the five teams,
0: to right. the best, at least to our understanding. Right. I mean, who knows? Day of, that could be like, there's a special six-team.
1: Although the gauntlets, I don't think the gauntlets in the past, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they usually have this many teams, five. It's usually like Three or four?
0: Yeah, I, f- I feel like four.
1: Yeah, so this yeah. and it's already a long match, so this feels like it's gonna be long with these five teams. Yeah, on the pre-show, so I'm not expecting them to throw anybody else out there. Um, so part of me is kind of disappointed. Like I loved the new the the Rumble. I love the Rumble. Like, you know seeing, like, Kitamura come out there and all these surprises. Scott Norton, Cheeseburger. Muda. Great Kabuki. All these... I don't, did well, Muda ever, I don't think Muda ever came out okay. for one, but, like, Kabuki definitely that's did. What, that's what I meant, yeah, yeah, Kabuki, um, yeah, yeah. Fujinami came out one year, which was great. And, I, like, I've been on this, like, quest to see Cheeseburger win it because he's always in the finals. Yeah, he
0: always comes down to the very end.
1: And it looks like New Japan has failed us with their long-term storytelling. Like, we're maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe next year. But, um... Do we have any idea the order that this match is going to take place?
0: I don't know. Um,
1: we really don't. We have no clue who's yeah. who's going to be be like starting basically. And right. And be, okay. So maybe we should just go team by team and, and talk about you know the backstories if there is any. Um, let's start with uh we'll start with Teguchi Japan. So we've got uh Taguchi, Torayano Toriyano and Togi Makabe. Who essentially are three guys from three different stables. I mean, obviously Togi Makabe and GBH is only two guys, and he does in the past he has regularly teamed with the Sekigun guys of Taguchi Japan. But seeing Toru Yano thrown in there, and you know the, the the most violent players, that kind of reunion between him and Togi Makabe is a very interesting mashup. You've got two comedy guys, and then Togi Makabe, who's the Unchained Gorilla. Um, what do you think of this?
0: So it's very interesting. I did, I did see a funny team name for these guys on Reddit. called They were called the uh, Most Violent Perverts. Oh. With <laughs> <laughs> the Gucci on there. That, uh, that's apt. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned, yeah, it's a, kind of a mixed match team because these guys are kind of representing three different things and kind of all being put together here. We saw recently uh, Makabe kind of helping out Chaos in the middle of this um, Bullet Club Chaos War.
1: And, you know, they're doing those, um, what's it called, the Recount? Those, yeah, those the history accounts, of the history chaos. Yeah. They're very good. Um, um, and also, shout out to uh, at NJPW Phoenix, Amy. Yeah. Because she's got it. She, I mentioned it before. She's got an awesome write-up on her Twitter talking about the history that the most violent players. It's required reading. If you haven't read it, definitely check it out. Um, so we've got that team. And then on the next team, we got Dave Finley, Jeff Cobb, and Eugene Nagata. And this feels kind of like a mashup of guys that are truly I would call Sekigun like Jeff Cobb really hasn't even found his place in New Japan yet all we've seen him is teaming with like Elgin essentially
0: right and uh, Elgin was supposed to be in this match has a knee injury so Nagata is replacing him which makes this team even more of a kind of a mixed match because at least with Elgin and Cobb they've been teaming together
1: well you know Yuji Nagata has a very long standing um Tokyo Dome, January fourth, uh, streak, and this is actually he was going to be off the the card, and now it's going to keep his streak alive. Yeah. Uh, no Liger. Yeah, dude. The first time since '89, um, you know that he hasn't wrestled in the Tokyo Dome, so that's uh that's kind of sad. Uh, yeah, this is just a very strange team. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll save our predictions. I mean, do you have much to kind of analyze here, say about the, these guys?
0: Not really. I mean, it's just kind of, to me. It's just kind of like. So, almost like just a random pairing almost of these three guys, and yeah yeah it's not really much backstory to talk about those guys there so then um we
1: we'll, we'll talk about the Suzuki goon team, so we've got KES and Minoru Suzuki who did have some uh, some heat going into the world Tag league after they wrestled one another, they kind of squashed
0: it. And um, this is a dominant team. Yeah, dude, this is probably one of the best, like, three-man teams you could make out of Suzuki Goon members. Well, you've got you've got Minoru
1: Suzuki, who's one of the most notable exclusions from the main roster card. So you've got to uh, assume that his chances of possibly winning this and headlining the um, New Year's Dash card the next night are fairly high. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. he does tend to come on in the first part of the year after Wrestle Kingdom, it tends to be like a hot streak for him because they depend on him during that time period. And also KES coming off a, a successful World Tag League, but they haven't been in the title picture for a while. Um, you got to imagine that they've got their eyes <clears throat> on these six-man uh, titles as well.
0: Yeah. Um, like, like you mentioned, man, these guys are so... probably the three most dominant guys in the whole faction, you know, minus like Zack Sabre, um, I can definitely see these guys, you know, running the gauntlet, so to so to speak, you know, sure, you know, and just destroying guys here. Um, then, and I'll,
1: before we move on, I'll say I could see them coming in, in the middle, and then being like, maybe maybe one of the other teams goes through two two different guys, and they're doing really well, and then Kes
0: shows up, and, no, like, just, and, and you know,
1: and they just get them out of there real quick because you know that that's probably what's going to happen. Like,
0: um, but let's talk about the chaos team. Yeah, so we got best friends Chucky e. T. Barretta, teaming up with Hiroki Gotō here. Allegedly best friends. <laughs> um, so Chucky e. T. has been doing this whole—they um, did this whole thing—the World Tag League tour, where he kind of snaps in the middle of the match and um, gets DQ'd and starts hitting his opponents and even sometimes his teammates with chairs and weapons. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see here—is Chucky e. T. going to be able to hold together in this match or? Is he going to snap again and cost the Chaos team here the match?
1: Generally, I would usually say that with the storytelling, you you would save something like that for a bigger show. Um, and since this is on the undercard, maybe you don't do that. However, they did a lot of the storytelling during the World Tag League, which you know weren't necessarily big shows. You know, right. um, So I could see them uh, totally continuing that storyline here in this six-man tag match. And I I have a feeling it's going to culminate. My prediction is going to culminate at New Year's Dash in some form or fashion. That's typically the time when we get a lot of shifts and changes to start out the year. So I feel like this match is going to be like the final draw or seed Mm -hmm. to lead to whatever it is that's going to happen, whether it's Chucky T and Beretta squashing it, whether it's one of them turning on the other or what have you. So we'll see with that. But the interesting thing is Goto.
0: Yeah, another big star left off of the main Wrestle Kingdom card. I would say him and Suzuki are the
1: two most notable exceptions. Not, I mean, just last year, they were featured in one of the top four matches or top five. What? Yeah,
0: you know, the, that never title match, I believe it was like... The hair versus hair match.
1: Was it a third from top? I don't want to speculate about the placement of matches, because last week I said, or a week or two ago, I had said that Jericho and uh, Naito was not... A co-main event when in fact it actually is the co-main event so i felt stupid but uh <laughs> but yeah suzuki and, and goto had a very prominent match just last year and goto specifically going back i don't know a decade has had nothing but prominent matches for the most right. part this is his first time being a left off the main card and b not in a prominent match so you gotta imagine him and him and suzuki are kind of favorites in this but I don't know if him being saddled with the best friends, how that may or may not affect his chances.
0: Right. And also from a performance wise, I don't even know if he's going to be motivated to go all out because he's on the pre-show and he's in this six-man tag here. Well, a
1: lot of guys in New Japan show a lot of professionalism. And even if he doesn't put on like a classic performance, I'm going to assume that A, he probably will have a chip on his shoulder, hopefully, Yeah. Uh, for being left off the card, but B... Uh, they're in the Tokyo Dome, so that might motivate him. And True. then I um, I gotta anticipate that him being left off the card was more like an, a necessity, like an evil, necess- a necessary evil, right. as opposed to what they want for him. Right? Because they usually protect him. So I think that this match could hypothetically propel him into some sort of storyline going into the New Year's Dash as well. So I don't think it's all bad. And then our final team, we've got uh, the. Bullet Club, the Elite, the, the Bullet Club Elite <laughs> uh, I, I don't know I don't know what you want to call this team But we got yeah. uh, the villain, Marty Scurll uh, The Tokyo Pimp, Yujiro Takahashi And Hangman, Adam Page
0: Yeah, so this could be um, The last New Japan appearance Of Marty Scurll and Hangman Page um, No way to know for sure um, You know that, that ticker is, is buzzing Yeah, we're, we're recording this before The big announcement that's supposed to happen On January 1st, so maybe We'll get some more information on what these elite guys are going to be doing. But
1: maybe AEW maybe will want to sponsor Social Suplex and partner with us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe <clears throat> we'll see. Um, but yeah, so definitely, you know, makes sense having these um, this Bullet Club Elite team on the card here um, with their future kind being in jeopardy. I really don't see them um, winning this thing or go. Going, maybe they might go far just because of Skrull and Hangman are, are, you know have been featured heavily in the past couple years. Um, but I don't see them winning just because their their future is uncertain right now.
1: That and also, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's the riffraff, but I feel like anytime you get teamed with Yujiro, by association, it's kind of a riffraff mashup. Even right. if you're a star like Marty or even if you're a breakout guy like Hangman, You're you're on the bottom of the six man here, and uh, yeah. So I want to do this, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but let's let's do this real quick. Uh, Book your fantasy scenario, and I can go first if you would like me to. I'm Uh, doing it off the cuff.
0: I can go first. Okay, go ahead. So uh, honestly, I think it. it, To me, I would have it come down between um, Suzuki Goon. And Teguchi Yano and Makabe.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: And I think I would run the uh, you know rekindle the Yano Suzuki feud and have Yano pin Suzuki once again, and have the surprise team of the most violent perverts win the win the contendership. That's that's
1: your that's your <clears throat> prediction.
0: Yeah, that's my prediction.
1: Um, I'll I'll say this. I don't think that. The Seki Gun team of Dave Finley, Yuji uh, Nagata, and Jeff Cobb have a chance. Yeah,
0: they have. No, to me, they have no chance. I
1: don't think the Bullet Club elite team has a chance. Yeah. So it's going to come down to the MVPs, Suzuki-Gun, and
0: Chaos. Um, I think Chaos is going to get DQ'd. I think Beretta is going to snap and... Get, Beretta? I mean, uh, excuse me, Chuckie T is going to snap and get them out of there.
1: Mm, that I mean, that's definitely a possibility. <clears throat> I almost wonder if they would be willing to hold off and do the final breakup like tease that things are good right and then do the breakup the next night
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to kind of throw you off the scent a little bit um, but yeah you know I was gonna say that it was gonna be Suzuki and Goto in the finals those two teams mm. but when you when you mentioned the uh, vulnerable like I've always, I keep putting my faith in the best friends and they don't get pushed the way that I think they should or that that I might anticipate them like if they're in Ring of Honor sort of thing mm-hmm. they keep letting me down every time I put faith in them in New Japan and they're upper mid, they're not at the top of the tag division when it comes to New Japan and it looks like they're going to split them up um, so there might be something to what you're saying, I, maybe I shouldn't put my stock in them especially considering last year Beretta and the Chaos team took the that was my prediction and they ended up actually winning so I mm-hmm. felt very vindicated because that was a tough call and then you bring up a very uh, interesting point when you mentioned this MVP team. The only thing is, I could also see I could see them winning, but I could also see them taking the loss and it being no big deal whatsoever. True. Uh, I guess what I'm going to base my prediction off of is who is a likely who who's likely to face the uh, the Bullet Club, the Bullet Club OGs, <laughs> the team of Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and. Uh, Ishimori the next night in Corkin Hall, and that is the face team. And so you might think that that would be the guys you should go with. Right. I'm really torn here. Really, really, really torn. I think that I'm gonna go with Chaos.
0: Okay. I
1: was I was initially not considering who that
0: you. that could make sense, especially you know, there's been the tease of Chucky T being. The, the, mole. the mole. So if they go, if your kind of thing of holding off the the, the snapping, like so they they find this whole gauntlet, they win the gauntlet, then the next night at New Year's Dash, it's chaos vs Bullet Club for the titles. Then Chucky T snaps and reveals that he's been the mole and joins Bullet Club.
1: I was actually gonna initially say Suzuki Goon just because they're so dominant and right that and was, it,
0: yeah that was my initial pick too.
1: And Suzuki needs something to do and also and if they win, I won't be surprised. But then when you started throwing in that that MVP curveball, it was like, ooh, you know, most violent perverts could definitely do this, and that would make sense to have them headline, because, I mean, they got Makabe and Yano, they're all popular guys. Right,
0: and and I feel like it's such an oddball kind of team that people are kind of like, you know, not thinking they have a chance. And I feel like but you know.
1: but taguchi can can roll up a, a person. Yano can roll up a person. You can't count up Makabe. Right. So I think those are the three teams to look at. But I'm gonna, I I the scenario that you painted with the best friends that wasn't even really what I was thinking. So much. I was just like, Goto needs something to do. Hold off the best friends uh, split, and then maybe you do it in the main event of Corkin. That's an easier story to tell. Mm-hmm. But I think you have also interesting story options if you take the taguchi japan team and put them in the main event so i would say that believe it or not i kind of think those are the two most likely winners especially considering that you've got a, a heel team the second night right and it, i mean is it going to be compelling to see suzuki-gun take on the og bull club in the main event at cork and hall two heel teams and you know there's going to be a bunch of the Suzuki, suzuki-gun type of stuff uh from a story standpoint and for the type of event it is i'd say no so I am going to go with chaos There are parts of me that say no Because um, it's Goto And it's the best friends Right. But I think there's a story to be told there um, So yeah that's where I'm going to go I'm going to say Chucky T Beretta and Hiroki Goto And that You got that chaos versus OG Bullet Club Element going there
0: Yep and it continues that Faction feud that's been going on the last few months, but you could still get that with Toriano and, and if yeah.
1: you go that way. So I mean uh, that's my prediction
0: All right So now on to the main card the first match of the main card 60 minute time limit the never open weight championship match We have the champion the golden star Kota Abushi, taking on the aerial assassin will Osprey
1: Hold on to your seats. Hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, because this is a match that is likely to blow you away.
0: Yeah, you know when I found out this match was opening the show um, a few weeks ago, I you know putting our, our group third, I'm like, is this gonna be the first like show to open up with a five star match? Like this is gonna be intense. Like,
1: I mean, how- I mean to put it into other um, <clears throat> other terms, I mean. When you think about some of, some great WrestleManias that opened up with with bangers, you have WrestleMania ten with Bretton Owen, or you think about the WrestleMania thirty in uh, in New Orleans when you had Daniel Bryan and Triple H, and those were like two really prominent like show openers. Mm-hmm. This is like right in those lines, but I have every belief that this could be a far superior match to those matches. Oh yeah, um, we've never seen Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay one on one. Um, to, to my knowledge, and I am pre- I feel pretty confident about that. I mean, they've been teasing it since, like, 2015, back in Evolve. We thought at many different times we were going to get it. Kota Ibushi's career trajectory has taken him to different places. And Will Ospreay has finally started to put on the size to catch up. And now we've got two of the most dynamic workers in the entire world uh, wrestling in a match that it's not a junior match. It's not a best of the super juniors type of match. This has a totally different feel and implication mm-hmm. for the type of match that you might have seen them have, just say two years ago. You know,
0: right? I definitely think we're gonna get a more. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely gonna be you're high flying. Yeah. But I think it's gonna be a more strong style um, base match um, than they probably would that you probably would normally typ- typically think about.
1: I agree. Um, I'm. I read some of the things that Kota Ibushi had said about Will Osprey. And he talked about how Will Ospreay is one of the top t- one or two flyers in the whole world. And Kota Bushi is like, I used to be that way. That's who mm-hmm. I was, you know, 10 years ago. He's like, but I've, I've added different facets to my game. And he's like, and since the Osprey and Ricochet match a few years ago, he has added different facets to his game. And he's a totally different competitor. And he's like, you know, the wrestling world has changed just in the past few years. And he he's wondering what this dream match is going to be like. And then I saw Will Osprey actually put up a post where he said that he's going to face his idol.
0: Yeah, so I was just pulling up right now. Yeah, He said, yeah, January 4th, he's going to be, he says, my idol is my rival. So obviously this match uh, means a lot to both of these guys, and I think they're going to go out there within the time they're given and and just go balls to the wall and uh, just give the best match they possibly can.
1: I I think that this match is going to have anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes, my my guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that we will see a strong style-esque match, but with a lot of aerial, you know, precision. Mm-hmm. Um, my one, the one thing is I do wonder if I, – I think a lot of people have wondered, will this burn out the crowd or blow up the show? Because, I mean, you've got to imagine gonna be tough for anyone who has to follow these guys. Mm-hmm. you got to wonder, are they going to hold back to some degree? And will this be the first in a series of matches? I'm not saying immediate rematch. But
0: over right. the course
1: of their career, now that they've done it, there's every indication that maybe at a G1 or maybe...
0: Right. In New Japan, they, they normally do space do trilogies, but they are spaced out within the year. So like you said, like this could happen in the G1, then maybe... New Japan Cup. Power, New Japan Cup, maybe a power struggle later on in the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You know, there's probably going to be more U.S. shows. Maybe they do it there. You never know.
1: But then there's also the pressure on them. You have to imagine. I, <clears> on, <throat> on, the, on the one hand, it's like you're an opener. So there's pressure for you to have an opener style match. Right. To not blow up the crowd, to not burn things out, but to set the pace and tone for the whole evening. And then on the flip side, it's a it's literally a dream match. And there's the anticipation that's like, you guys could ha- go out there and have a five-star classic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they have this very fine balance that they have to walk between having something that blows everything else on the whole card out of the water, (laughs) which they could definitely do. Right. But to also set the tone, I think them being in the—I'm going to say, like, for me, I'm going to imagine that this match actually ends up being somewhere between four and a half to four and three quarters, very fast-paced. And it's a style of match where they are feeling each other out. They end up going balls to the wall at the end. Um, and then eventually, once it's over, it does get you excited for the rest of it, and it doesn't make you feel exhausted like you just watched a war. Right. I think it's going to be a sprint more so than a prolonged like uh, epic. Right. I don't see it as being an epic. I think they got one in them, and I think we'll see that later in the year. Watch out for the G one. That's gonna be my that's my pick. I think these guys will be in the same block in the G one. We'll see an epic at that point. But um, this is going to be a sprint, in my opinion, and it's going to be maybe one of the greatest opening matches of
0: all time. I'm, al- I'm almost picturing like a pace similar to um, the main event of All In.
1: Yes, yes, that's a that's a that's a good yeah. But that was like twelve minutes. Right. Ooh, that could definitely be the case. I When I was saying uh, sprint, I was thinking along the lines of like Okada Omega 3 in the okay. G1. Yeah. Remember how fast that match yeah. was? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I was thinking because I, I don't see this as being a junior style match. I see it as being like a wham, bam, bam. I, I mean, they're going to do aerial stuff, but I think it's going to be fast. Um, so, I mean, the real question now, and it's the toughest question because I think we know what we expect in terms of quality. Um, who's winning this?
0: Man, and I and I've gone back and forth. I haven't even the, thought about it. I, I have because um, Wilford Watches here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network um, is doing a uh, Russell Kingdom thirteen prediction contest. If you go over to his Twitter at Wilford Watches, uh, what can, up, Wilfred? Um, you can fill out a form, a Google form, and uh, pick your um, make your picks or whatever. Honestly, I don't even remember what I did put in there.
1: Oh wow! Uh,
0: but for for this recording. Um, I'm going to go with Will Osprey winning, mainly because he was supposed to come into this match as the champion. Um, so I feel like there are definitely plans on pushing Osprey in this open weight division. Um, so I see Osprey getting the win here. And, you know, Bushi, with his contract situations, they tend not to put belts on him for that reason. Um, so I see them. Kind of hot potatoing, putting it on Osprey, and pushing him into in the future in the heavyweight division.
1: You make some great points, Jeremy. Um, but I will say this: they have put the belt, this never title specifically, on guys like Shibata and other like Masato Tanaka, guys that were non-contracted because it's not really that important of a title, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, without the fear of them like jumping ship, and also Kodobushi is an honorable. Person, you know, he's Japanese. And I mean, that might sound like kind of like me being like weird, but in their culture, if you have a title, you're not going to pull a Medusa or a Lunder Blaze and jump to All Japan or something with the belt. Yeah, you know a, what I mean? Throw the
0: belt in the trash. <laughs> I don't
1: see that being like the fear. I do think that them putting the belt on Kotobushi is a far cry from them putting like, say, an IC title or, or you know, an IWGP heavyweight reign on him. It's, I think it's a totally different deal. I did think that Will Ospreay was going to. We I think we all thought he was going to win the belt, come into the Tokyo Dome and face Kotobushi. I've o- I always thought that at that point Kotobushi was going to lift the belt off of him and they would basically say he had you know his his he won the title, but now he has a chase because he's this undersized guy coming into the never division and now he has a goal. At this point he's already won the belt. So now if he wins it He's going to become a defending champion in this weight class. Um, I see him losing. I see him losing for this reason. I think if you put the title on him and he wins, now he's quote unquote an open weight champion. He's not a heavyweight. Right. He's a junior who has who's wrestling heavyweights, and it's like it's kind of ambiguous. If he loses this match though, and he has a and he looks like a star. I think Kota Bush is going to make him look like a star, and afterwards. He says, "I am a heavyweight." There's no ambiguity about what he is. He's not the openweight champion. Right. He is a heavyweight. I also think that kodobushi has bigger things in uh, in store for him for the next year, and I don't see him putting over Will Osprey. I think that Will's the guy that needs to take the loss, and I think is the guy that needs to get the Tokyo Dome win yeah. to set him up for. And I see him dropping the belt. I don't see him having a really prolonged reign. I could see him losing the belt, you know, within a matter of. You know, New Beginning or, um, you know, Sakura Genesis, what have you. But I do see him at least getting a Tokyo Dome, a big Tokyo Dome win, and then having a huge 2019. I also see Will Ospreay chasing this belt in the uh, foreseeable future. I don't think this is where Will Ospreay, uh, you know, gets his title win.
0: Gotcha. You made some great points, and honestly, I, I could see it going either way. I,
1: I could too. I'm not, so. I'm not. I'm not very confident. This is uh, the epitome of 50-50. Yeah. um, And that's what's great. That's what you love about wrestling, and that's what we loved last year when we talked about the Tokyo Dome. And this is awesome booking, and I'm very excited for this
0: match. Yeah, man. It should be amazing. I also
1: love that we got different thoughts on this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good.
0: It's different because (laughs) usually we're
1: like, yep, that's who I got. Yep, that's who I got. (laughs)
0: Uh, So next we got the second match on the card is the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championship match. A triple threat with the champions Kanamaru and El Desperado defending against the Super Junior Tag League winners roppongi 3K, Show and Yo, and the other challengers, the LIJ team of Bushi and Shingo Takagi. Sometimes
1: when we watch these shows, if I don't verbalize my thoughts, I go in there with less expectation and then I don't get disappointed. When we do a preview like this, and I verbalize my thoughts, and then I, I, I feel like it's like you know the secret. I'm putting it out there in the universe.
0: <laughs> right back. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I do feel like the the things I'm saying in my mind they make sense and they're logical, and so I assume that that's what New. Once I say it, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what New Japan's gonna do. And then every year when I'm wrong about a match, I'm like, I get mad because I feel like my <laughs> booking scenario should have played out. Right. So I'm gonna say this. My booking scenario, I gotta tell you i think show and yo have to win this
0: one well i'm right there with you um i i think Sho and yo is gonna that's my pick to win show and yo i feel like um they've they've been on a chase this whole year trying to get these. Yep. Well, since once they lost them to um kind and desperado yep. they've been on a chase a whole year and that's been the whole story here has been rapungi 3k chasing these guys every time they get this close to beating them and then um suzuki gun cheats and wins and then um, LIJ has been peppered into this feud, you know, earlier in the year it was Hiromu and Bushi And now uh, Shingo taking Hiromu's spot is in there So, you know, obviously they're, they're growing the, the rivalry between Sho and Shingo But honestly, I think the main story here is still Suzuki-Gun and Rapunki 3K And I think Rapunki 3K will finally get that the big moment they've been waiting for Get that big title win, and once again be the top team in the junior tag division
1: At this point in time, these are essentially the only three tag teams we have in the junior tag division, unless you want to count, like, Liger and Tiger Mask, which I kind of don't. Right. Even though we had a whole junior tag uh, league, most of those were outside contracted workers or mishmashed teams, and a lot of those guys we're not going to see come back in the near future because of all the uh, talent poaching that's taking place (laughs) in in the world of wrestling. So, with that being said, Show and Yo, if they lose here... These are two guys that were essentially set up as the aces of this division. And now, a year later, when they have a chance to, to have a crowning achievement, they lose again. They're just going to be forever chasing. And at that point, it's like, well, what what do you do with them? Do you either split them up and have them do singles? Do you just kind of put them on the back burner and make them part of these multi-man matches? Do you have them and Rocky be a, a six-man and go for the Nevers? I mean, those are all things you could do, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like any of those decisions benefit Two guys of the, the level of star quality that they are, I feel like after chasing for a whole year, they need to take the belts off of uh, Kanemaru and Desperado. Kanemaru and Desperado have had a fantastic title reign, better than probably anyone expected, you know, numerous title defenses, a, a lengthy reign. But this is not Okada in, in you know, <laughs> last year. Yeah. It's not like a, a legendary, you know, historic title reign. It doesn't really benefit them any longer to continue to hold on to those belts. The guys that need. The rub is showing yo. Um, I'm sure there's listeners who are like, well, what's going on with L.I.J.? You're discounting L.I.J.? I think Shingo, he's got singles in his future. Dude,
0: he, uh, he's, a, he's a single star. He's a single star. I, honestly, I think you know, teaming him with Bushi for right now, it's almost a, a way to put him... It, it's a get-by. It's, it's a way to put him on the back burner to still feature him but not go all the way like they planned. I feel I agree. in 2019 it's going to be a big year for Shingo. If Shingo wasn't here,
1: Bushi would be either off this card entirely or he would be working that six-man gimmick. He's lucky that Shingo is here. Yeah. I don't think if Hiromu was around, they would be tagging.
0: Hiromu no. probably
1: featured in the junior title. Yeah. Um so for that reason, I got to say I don't see them putting the titles on him now. They could. Right. LIJ top merch sellers very popular. Maybe they want to. Maybe they want to put a shine on Shingo, but I don't think you should do that at the expense of Yo. I think Yo are staples of this division for the time being. Right.
0: I mean, and that's been the whole story they've been it's, telling the whole it's year. It's the culmination of the story. They, right. they need to pay it off. Like now. they can't. Ch- I don't think we need to chase anymore. Like if,
1: if if they don't win it and then say they get it two months from now, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be a deflated victory right. at that point. Yeah. This is their time. This is their time. They need to win it. I'm going Roppongi 3K all day. Me too. And also. I think that before we move on, I want to say this putting these three juniors right after Bushi, uh, Bushi and um, Osprey, very smart decision because they can kind of up the ante as far as aerials and craziness, but mm-hmm. also it's not a singles match, so it's a totally different style match. This match is going to be chaotic yeah. and all over the place, and so they don't have to live up to the same standard that abushi and osprey set and i'm sure you're gonna see a lot of shenanigans with uh with rapungi three i'm sorry with suzuki goon and with bushi i think this is the smartest match you could have possibly put behind a big match like abushi and osprey yeah to set the tone for and and it's one of the reasons that this card on paper looks great it's not just the matchups it's the
0: the card structure the structure is so smart yeah yeah it's gonna be great Um,
1: Oh my god, the next match (laughs) Yeah, so
0: match number three is for the RevPro British Heavyweight Championship The champion Tomohiro Ishii defending against the challenger Zach Sabre Jr. I'm very excited
1: for this Um, You know, these guys have had four matches I've seen all four of them. I was there live for one of them. So were you. The rep Pro match yeah, in Yeah, we, we saw the
0: big title change. Ishii getting his uh, world title win.
1: And, you know, you got a guy in Zack Sabre who uh, has gotten a ref stoppage on Tomohiro Ishii. He has... He tapped him out, right? Tapped him out this past year. Um, and, yeah. So, I mean, um, Ishii beat... So, the first match they had was last year during the um, the G1 and USA tournament. And Ishii picked up the win there and obviously went on to the finals against Omega. And I remember thinking that match was way better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Then in the G1, Zack Sabre got the ref stoppage on Tomohiro Ishii, which was insane. We saw the trilogy match in New Orleans where Ishii got tied up and pretzled, but overcame it using his strikes and eventually got that skinny punk out of there <laughs> and had that defining moment. And then they had their fourth match this past year where he, uh, during the G1, Zack Sabre was able to armbar him and get him to tap out. Mm -hmm. And then even just a few months ago, during the tag match they had uh, in the World Tag League, he passed out Ishii. So that wasn't even a ref stoppage. That was a pass out. So he's passed out Ishii. He's gotten a ref stoppage on him. And he's gotten him to tap out. Those are three definitive visual victories. Zack Sabre has looked brutal against one of the scariest wrestlers, are literally our strong style wrestler of the year, yeah. the Carl Gotch Award winner Tomohiro Ishii. Um, I think Ishii's got something to prove here. Um, he's got to to basically defend his championship, the the championship. Or uh, what, what did what did Landing call the,
0: it? The championship of the British. The
1: British champ. Yeah, the championship <laughs> of the British. He needs to uh, defend his Union Jack crown, and um, I think that this match will be short. I think it'll be between 12 and 15 minutes. I think it will be excellent because these guys have so much familiarity with one another. Right,
0: and not not only the singles matches, but like you mentioned, the World Tag League stuff. Also, there have been several tag matches in Rev Pro. Um, They've had a lot of tag matches this year. Yeah.
1: This has kind of been like an uh, an under-the-radar feud. Yeah. We would have done it as a Feud of the Year candidate. Um, but, and same thing with maybe the Suzuki matches, but so many of them took place outside of New Japan. It didn't feel like it translated to being a major feud, um, in New Japan. Yeah. But this feud has been going on and this is the big, big payoff. I mean, Zack Sabre's never had a big Tokyo Dome match like this. I, Ishii has had some big matches, but that was in the Never Division. This is his first Rev Pro title. And I think they really do want to showcase this title. And it's smart because all those... Ring of Honor title matches that they used to do in the in the dome always involved American guys, right? But Ishii is one of the most over guys in Japan, and they've got this. This is the smart way to get the Red Pro title over in
0: the dome, right? They're using two guys that are over in New Japan.
1: Yeah, they made Zack Saber a star this past year, yeah. so this is a this is a high stakes match. It has meaning and significance. Um, I'm very excited for it. I think Tomohiro Ishii. Is going to retain the title here?
0: That is my pick. Also, we're back to back on the same page.
1: Now uh, I'm nervous saying that because Zach is one of the all-time longest reigning Repro champions. Mm-hmm. It would make a lot of sense. I'm sure. I don't know how he does, you know, ticket wise. But with everything changing so drastically in England, that's um, probably a big ace in your cap if you can headline your shows with Zach Saber, given the NXT UK stuff. So there might be incentive to run Zach as champion again.
0: Mm-hmm. However, I, I feel like the new Japan guys are a huge draw in the, the UK market. I agree. I, I feel like I feel like those guys, the UK almost values them a little bit more than the US does. Like they come over there and like they're treated like gods. I, uh, I
1: feel like maybe it's the companies too. I think that the way Rev Pro treats the Japanese stars versus the way that Ring of Honor books them and treats them is very is vastly different. Yeah. And they're to- two totally different types of companies. Right. In terms of their goals and growth and aspirations, it's very different.
0: And so um, I see Ishii retaining. I feel like he's, he's had so many um, losses against Saber this year. Like you were saying, I feel like he needs to avenge a loss and I feel like uh, he just needs to get that momentum again.
1: But wouldn't that be like uh, New Japan to Book Ishii to lose in the Dome on January 4th? Doesn't that just feel like a New Japan, like yeah. a Gato decision? Yeah. And, I mean, they're going to give us some happy endings. So, I mean, somebody's got to lose to some of these heels at some point. Yeah. I'm very torn. And I, I think Zach beating him is a very likely possibility.
0: Right. And, you know... Uh... <laughs> Zack, um, you know, two days later is going to have that match with the, the Bastard King Pac um, and that's in Pro, right? That's in Pro. So, I mean, if Sabre wins a belt do they want that to be a title match?
1: They can bring him in as the champion and make it non-title because it was signed
0: before oh, he won the right. belt. Right, and then you have Pac win and that's... Set up like, the
1: title match in the future. Right.
0: Or, I mean, you can just have Pac beat Sabre and then you do Pac versus Ishii in a oh. future show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: My knees are weak but I'm starting uh, Like Palms are sweaty Vomiting out of my shirt Mom's spaghetti He's nervous But on the surface He looks home and ready Nah no, yeah I'm very 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 excited For this uh, This match I'm I, I, Anytime Ishii and Zack Sabre Are gonna wrestle I'm excited I wanna see him brainbuster that skinny punk um, I expect this to be A really 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 good match And I just I gotta go with Ishii Because I it's my, it's a, It's a gut thing I wanna see him Get that big moment In the Tokyo Dome
0: yeah, man. I'm all, all behind the stone Pitbull here.
1: Also, Zack Sabre's had so many big moments this year.
0: I mean, yeah. Beating
1: Naito. New winning Japan
0: the New Japan Cup. Winning
1: the New Japan Cup. I mean, he's he's had big moments. I
0: feel like this I mean, this, is, is, this 2018's been a Zack Sabre year. I mean, he was It's in, time
1: for Ishii to get it come up, and they're still going to keep Sabre strong going forward.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure, well, depending on what his flight situation is, I'm not sure if he'll be at New Year's Dash, but... If he, if he can somehow work that out, I could see him doing something big in New Year's Dash.
1: Yeah, also with, with New Japan featuring Rev Pro, I think having... They're both... I mean, obviously, these are both New Japan guys, but having their domestic talent win the match, then maybe they can set up some sort of angle for a Rev Pro match in New Japan afterwards, keeping the title on Ishii for right. uh, New Year's Dash. They did that a few years ago when Shibata was the champion. They, they set up a, a Rev Pro match... At New Year's Dash the next night. So that would make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they run back um, Ishii and Suzuki.
1: Possibly. And also, we're going to move on. But one thing I want to point out we're going to see a lot of uh, Gaijin talent versus domestic superstars. And this is like one of the first. Uh, well, I guess the first one was Osprey and Ibushi. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of seeing that trend continue. And it's kind of like uh, New Japan versus the world. Yeah. Or, or you know, J- Japan versus, you
0: know. US, you all not USA. Uh, but like
1: the Gaijin, the, yeah. the outsiders, the foreigners. So, yeah um continuing theme there but it is interesting i've picked in both cases new japan talent to go over
0: yeah well i went with osprey on the first one but yeah i'm definitely here with ishii yeah but i'm talking about me i know i'm just saying me i know i'm just saying for me it's me it's me <laughs> is ddp uh <laughs> um. I don't know why
1: I'm trying to bury you so much I'm being antagonistic
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a jerk Well, well, you're you're the heel I'm not a heel And you're wearing your your Alpha Club shirt right now Yeah, you guys uh, You got the spirit of Chris Jericho running through you
1: Nah, I'm Yeah, I'm not (laughs) Tranquilo I'm (laughs) effing crazy right, so let's get on to this uh,
0: 60 minute classic match that's about to take place Yeah, the IWGP Tag Team Championship match We have the champions Tangaloa and Tamatonga against the World Tag League winners Sonata and Evil against the 13 this match Matt Matt and Nick Jackson the Young Bucks.
1: So one thing I want to say, what if the never title match goes 60 minutes, this match goes 60 minutes, the US title match goes 60 minutes, the IC title uh like all these different like what if that was like what wrestling was like all these matches were like an hour long, bro. You know that's why they started working one of the big reasons why they started doing works instead of shoots was because wrestling matches back in like they
0: would just go forever, forever, yeah.
1: forever, <laughs> forever. <laughs>
0: Have you ever seen that match? But I haven't. I saw the promo. I don't think I've seen the match. It's a great. It's well,
1: I wouldn't say great. It's a very good tag team match in All Japan. But yeah, the mm. at the first or maybe it's the second Terry Funk uh, retirement forever. forever. Yeah. So, but I'm glad that sometimes. Matches don't go on forever. Um, so what do we what are we thinking here? We got the OG Bull club with GOD, we got LIJ, we got the Bull club elite. This could very likely be, at least for the foreseeable future, the last time we see the young bucks in the Tokyo Dome.
0: Yeah. Um, for me, um, I think Evil and Sonata are going to win. I feel like the, you know they wanted to push these guys this year as the top. Uh, Japanese tag team in the company that push got hindered with um, Evil's injury and then they ended up doing single stuff afterwards so I feel like they're kind of trying to get back on track with the original plan that's why they won the World Tag League and I feel like that's why they're going to win here and they're going to push Evil and Sonata as a tag team again which opens up some single spots for other potential guys um, to work in and they're going to run with Evil and Sonata
1: I am going to and I never, I haven't put any thought into this but just now as we speak I am going to pick Tamatanga and Tangaloa G.O.D. to retain their titles mm. um, I feel like you gotta have some heels go over at Wrestle Kingdom and uh, Sonata is my natural inclination that's exactly what I wanna say makes sense to me mm-hmm. um, but at the same time Evil and Sonata are both Proven commodities as singles Yeah And If you have Tamatanga and Tangaloa win A, they kind of bury Nick and Matt On the way out Yeah You also keep The momentum for the OG Bullet Club Going strong Going into the match with Switchblade and Okada Later in the night So it's like a big win for them That's a big win for them By the way And Then they go And they headline Cork and Hall the next night As double champions and if they are going to drop the titles... So
0: you keep saying headline. Is it official that that never matches the main event of New Year's Dash?
1: No, but like the last two years in a row, hasn't the six-man tag titles pretty much headlined?
0: I don't, I don't remember it a lot.
1: I know it did two years ago, and I feel like it did last year. I could be wrong. Maybe my memory is failing me, but I, it feels like, because it's the only title match, it usually is the one that headlines. Gotcha. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. But um, even if it's not, even if it's just a showcased match... I'm going to go with them. It just makes a lot of sense to me. Sonata and Evil, if you have them win, yes, that would be great and stuff. But I have a feeling that come New Japan Cup time, we're going to see potentially Sonata have a great run and that sort of thing and Mm. maybe even Evil. Um, I think that with a lot of guys – see, you said like, okay, if they win the tag titles, right, Mm -hmm. it opens up single spots. But when in reality, I'm I'm anticipating – I'm going to just bank on the idea that the elite guys are leaving. Mm Mm-hmm. And we need singles guys to move up. They're two of the most poised guys to be ready to move up. Yeah. And that's why I feel like don't put the tag titles on them. Keep it on G.O.D. and move those two guys up into those single spots. They've already headlined. They both headlined pay-per-views this past year. Sonata with Okada. Evil with Jericho. It makes more sense to me to split them up after this Mm -hmm. and make them. They they already won the World Tag League twice in a row. They've proven themselves. G.O.D. kind of needs this. Where's G.O.D. going to go from this?
0: You know, maybe they you know just run this, the six man division.
1: Maybe they do, but I feel like I feel like they're going to drop the titles. Mm-hmm. Um, the next night potentially, the six man tags, and um, which doesn't make sense because I, I I chose chaos, so I'm like kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah, but- so I feel like they're gonna lose here and then retain nears dash. But I don't know. It, it can go. Look, we've been saying it can go either way. Hmm. So any 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 other thoughts on this one?
1: Um, no, that's essentially that's my thought. I think that this is going to be an entertaining match. Um, you know, I think the big thing is we're talking mostly about God and Lij, and we're kind of just discounting the Young Bucks. And you got to feel like they're going to be. I feel like they're going to be the ones who take the pinfall.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, put put the guys over on your way out.
1: Matt Matt's back is hurt, yeah. and uh, I feel like the, they're gonna. Tr- I feel like they're gonna try to. Do a blow-away performance because it's their potentially last time in right. the Tokyo Dome.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe we maybe
1: if, maybe we're wrong. Maybe they're staying.
0: Well, what if it's not? Like, what if like what if the elite guys like win all the matches and they're like they like, could we're staying like we're partnering with New Japan and
1: yeah they might be staying yeah yeah.
0: See, honestly, I, I do think that there will be some elite presence next year, um, in New Japan. I don't doubt it. Um, but I, even with that, I still don't think the Bucks are going here. Here's here. the thing,
1: though. If they all win all their matches, they're tipping their hand to what's going to happen going forward or maybe maybe it just confuses us. I don't know, but it feels like if they if they lose all their matches, now there's uncertainty in the air still. Mm-hmm. And if they do stay, then great, you know? Mm-hmm. But they they're freed up to leave. So now before they make their announcement, you have no clue. It looks like they're leaving. You don't know what Look, they're the
0: announcement's doing. happening before this show
1: though. Oh, is it? You're right. You're right. My bad. I'm yeah. I'm Working off false pretenses But
0: still the, Even though they made the announcement They're not saying Whether they're staying With New Japan or not So that there's still that That's that, true That mystery could still be
1: That's that's why uh, you're such A great partner on this podcast You're so astute <laughs> You're like Mike Tanay. You're like Chris Charlton You're just uh, But yeah So I This will be good I don't think that this is Anywhere Going to be anywhere near The top match of the show But it should be very entertaining Yeah um, I see this being like Two bruising teams Kind of going up Against a high flying team And it's going to be Pretty crazy I'm gonna say Tangalo and Tamatanga just use their wiles and their their snarkiness and
0: in uh, Jotto
1: and uh, yeah they're gonna have Master Heater out there yeah. and they're gonna pick up the win. I say Matt is going to eat uh, a super power bomb off the top and get the one two three and, mm, yeah, and on, when my, I say, on
0: the injured back. And
1: when I say that, I could see it on your face that you're like, this could happen. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I literally, I was like Nick like <laughs> Jackson for like. <laughs> having, the, having the vision, like seeing like uh, Matt Jackson going up for that super power bomb. So yeah, I t- I totally can see that happen. I I'm, I probably am wrong on this one, but I'm gonna stick with no my, Lij and, makes a lot of sense. With my gut and, Lij uh,
1: makes a lot of sense. Remember last year when you picked Lij for everything and you were like, "It's gonna be an Lij night. They're winning. They're sweeping everything."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, I remember. Yeah, because you were wrong, <laughs> and I was wrong a lot too. Actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I'm think I'm seeing. Uh, I think I picked Switchblade to beat Tanahashi. I was yeah. an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I see uh, Matt uh, eating a uh, Magic Killer from Lij. Nice. So next up, we have the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship match. Oh my match. god, we
1: still got five singles matches. Yes. What a card, dude! Yes,
0: the champion Cody taking on the challenger Juice Robinson. Uh, Juice finally getting his uh, title rematch here.
1: Yes. So Juice is, um, obviously Juice is on a redemption story arc. Um, how many years is he going to have to be on a chase and a redem- redemption story arc? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so he had earlier in the year kind of won the, well, not kind of, he did. He yeah. won the U.S. title from Jay White in the Cow Palace we were all anticipating great things, this legendary title run, or at least, you know, a
0: decent one. Right. A, a, a run. A run. There was no run. There was a stumble. He went, he went <laughs> and he to, fell. He went <laughs>
1: to the B block, and he got destroyed by the killers, and then he came out of it, and Cody, for some reason, got a magic title shot. Nobody knows why. He just, you know, called him out, got a title shot, and then beat him clean. Um, What, what show was that? That was in the U.S.? That, yeah. That's Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Yes. So... And at the time, Cody was the NWA champion, was fresh off of All In, one of the hottest acts in all of wrestling. And, you know, the Western expansion is killing New Japan, apparently. That was, <laughs> that was all the rage and all the talk. But, um, you know, Meltzer kind of said at the time that they were doing this to set up a Cody-Juice match. So you got to imagine, again, with the AEW stuff coming up, with Juice getting jobbed out at Fighting Spirit Unleashed, and them giving him a lackluster title um, run... This has got to be the time he gets the belt back, he he established himself with a big win in the Tokyo Dome, and then on the horizon, you've got a whole half year where he can have easy title defenses. I don't mean easy, but I mean you don't have the G1 as this right. big, looming thing. Right, there's not
0: something like where he has to, you know... Job a bunch. Right. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, New Beginning Tour, uh, what else is... Um, Don Taku Don Taku, yeah both New Japan Sakura Cup Genesis, yeah, the New Sakura, Japan Cup um, WrestleMania weekend um, Dominion uh, Yeah
1: So I mean There's a lot of There's a lot of opportunity for, for him to actually have The kind of run That we had hoped for And this would Basically catapult him um, yeah. The other interesting thing Is that this is a rematch Of a match that they had What, three years ago? Or was it two years ago? I think two years ago um, I don't uh, Yes, two years ago It was two uh, years ago yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, another reason why I think Jesus is going to win is, you know, he's going to be um, featured more in Ring of Honor next year. That's true. Um, And I'm sure they're going to want to position him more as a star for Ring of Honor. So I see him winning the belt here and then potentially maybe defending that belt more in Ring of Honor in 2019.
1: What was the point of the U.S. title? It was for them to expand their presence. Their big partner in the U.S. is uh, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is going to be featuring Juice. you got to imagine they are going to want the the U.S. champion to be on those shows. Now, could they do Cody? Yeah, but it seems like Cody and Ring of Honor, for the time being, we're going to assume, are split. So um, this is kind of Cody's chance to give back and put Juice over in a big way and make him into a big star. Um, And kind of going back to what we had said earlier, I mean, with this story, Juice, just two years ago, was an enhancement guy. That they gave a, a spot to to showcase Cody making his debut in New Japan mm-hmm. at the Tokyo Dome They had a they actually I liked the match. I thought it was entertaining It wasn't blow away, right? It was a good match, but it was a good match But juice was obviously not on Cody's level at the time He was just graduating from the dojo, you know this former NXT guy, and then you got Cody who was like a former IC champion, you know this indie darling newly found indie fame You know ring of honor impact, you know evolve all that sort of stuff So Cody was kind of made his bones off of Juice. Uh, This is Juice's chance to avenge that loss, avenge the loss to him a few months ago, regain his title, regain his self-esteem, find his placement in New Japan. It's a redemption story, and he needs this win. Uh, If he loses— Then he's, uh, he's a geek. He's a geek. He's a jag. Um, I know that a lot of times people are like well hold up hold up but you know there are times where a guy can only lose in the big situation so many times before you go to him right and they need to not do that to juice like this is his chance this is his time the fans are behind him Cody he needs to get Cody out of there <laughs> uh,
0: I think this match will be good you sound like Rich Latta <laughs> uh, but yeah I think it also be a, a good match and yeah I'm I'm firmly behind juice and I'm hoping that uh, juice, Uh, Goes over here. And then our next match, we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. The champion Kushida taking on the challenger, the bone soldier Taiji Ishimori.
1: Very, very, very exciting match. I don't think we've had a Kushida Ishimori one on one match yet. Yeah, they were in the A Block and B Block uh, respectively Mm -hmm. during the Best of Super Juniors. Um, And if they've ever had a singles match, maybe outside of Japan or outside of New Japan, I'm not uh, aware of it. Um, So they've kind of been saving this match. This is what I projected to be the finals of the Best of the Super Juniors. Mm -hmm. And I was wrong. And I dissuaded a lot of you listeners (laughs) who sent in your ballots for that. I apologize. But we're finally getting it here. And um, all I can say is that this match is going to be great. But I anticipate it is time for them to make Taiji Ishimori a star. He, he's he been looming in the rafters like Sting in 97. <laughs> and it's time for him to descend on Kushida and to hit him with the freaking bat, hit him with the freaking uh, scorpion death drop hold the bat to J.J. Dillon's neck, run wild on the NWO, kill Fake Sting, and avenge WCW. So it's it's Ishimori's time.
0: Yeah, and once again, I agree with you. Um, uh, Ishimori's been somebody that's been building since he came to the company. He had that big win against Will Ospreay um, night one on the Best of Sleeper Junior Tournament. Um, he's another guy, I feel like he's almost been in a shingo role where They've kind of kept him on the back burner with like the never six man titles and um, featuring him but not in like big roles and now finally they have the opportunity to push him again in a singles role. So um, I think uh, is gonna get the big win here. Yeah,
1: I mean uh, this match has every um, opportunity given the talent level and given the skill of these two guys to be a, an, an incredible match and I think a lot of people are sleeping on it I have heard like other podcasters, though be like, this is my sleeper pick to be match of the night. And I do say there's no way that given the matchups that are on this card, it could really realistically be the match of the night. Only because I don't feel like there's enough story behind it or enough anticipation. But I think the crowd is going to, I think that they're going to tell a compelling story. It's going to be very athletic based Ishimori is a dynamo in the ring. Kushida is the consummate professional and just an incredible talent But his time in the junior division, I mean he's done everything there is to do He does not need the win. Ishimori needs the win and again the same way that I predicted the OG Bullet Club to win the tag titles I see him getting the big win here taking the junior heavyweight title and give and giving that momentum to Jay Waito when he faces Okada, but this match it should be excellent Um, And I think it could potentially be A big star making performance For Taiji Ishimori
0: Definitely, We've seen
1: Kushida do that for Hiromu in the past Different guys Um, And I think that this is Taiji's chance To catapult himself
0: Yeah during the awards show last week We all three of us mentioned You know we felt like Taiji We want to see more of Taiji um, Featured in New Japan and I feel this is a way to do it Put the belt on him here And then just give him that six month run Have him you know go through challenger after challenger, make him look strong going into the best of the super juniors.
1: Maybe when Hiromu gets back?
0: Yeah. That, we,
1: they run it back because we, that was, you know, the junior match of the year, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited, yeah. I'm yeah. excited. it's gonna be great. I feel bad for Kushida, cause I feel like he's gonna be looking up at the one, two, three, and he's gonna be wondering, what, where do I go from here?
0: Like he does every year. <laughs> yeah, but
1: this time feels more definitive because now it's gonna be like really where does he go from here? It kind of reminds me of like Liger. When Liger like ran out of stuff to do in the junior division and he was like, I've done it all. What happens next? Yeah. But Kushida's younger.
0: Kushida versus Osprey, never open weight title. Well, also think about this. His contract's coming up. And he was one of the rumored guys to be jumping ship, yeah.
1: I'm not saying he's going to, but I'm just saying like Mm, it's possible it's possible yeah
0: what's Kushida sitting in NXT takeover <laughs> what's Kushida doing in the impact zone <laughs> <laughs> um, so next up we have a special singles match between this one's special the other
1: singles matches were not special this one's special
0: yes The. Uh, well, they've
1: all been title matches haven't they yeah wow non-title
0: yes non-title 60
1: minute time limit
0: mm-hmm the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, taking on Switchblade, J White. The most improved from the uh, Keeping a Strong Style Awards.
1: Oh man, this is... <laughs> this is a tough one.
0: Yeah. So, um...
1: Neither of us want to talk about it. I, I'm, neither uh, of us want to open our mouth because <laughs> neither of us want to be wrong and say something stupid is what I'm, like, sensing right now. Cause yeah. I don't want to start this off and be like, well, this is what it is. Yeah. And then and then be embarrassed because this one feels – it feels like it should be so obvious. And let me just say I think we both think – obviously, we think Okada should just take this one. But there's a – I have a lot of doubt and I'm scared. <laughs> well, well
0: I'll, I'll shoot first. So I, I think – Okada is going to win. Um, I feel like when this whole this whole feud with Jay White, he's kind of been, um, you know, on the bottom end of the feud. Um, every turn you you go, Jay White's laying Okada out. Uh the Bullet Club destroyed the dream team during the World Tag League tour. Um, Jay White beat Okada in the G one. Jay White's had Okada's number for so long now and um uh, you know, I think this is the moment that Okada finally gets some comeuppance and finally, you know, gets some revenge on Jay White and um, uh Gato and I feel like we're gonna see like the reestablishing of the Rainmaker here and um kind of launching Okada into a big year.
1: I am wondering, has Okada ever beaten Jay White? Uh I know they only had the one singles match this past year during the uh G one. Mm-hmm but I'm wondering, in multi-man matches, has he ever been on a winning team against Jay White? Uh, I'm cage matching it right now. Yeah,
0: go ahead and do that. Because yeah, off the top of my head, right now I'm only thinking about the uh, the Bullet Club versus Dream Team matches that happened during the World Tag League tour, which they you no, know, they won none of those matches.
1: Well, I mean, you had a you had a really, really, really good point when you said essentially, um, you know, even if. Even if he has ever been on a winning team against Jay White, he's never pinned Jay White. He's never beaten him on a one-on-one situation. He's never gotten a visual victory in a multi-man match um, that we know of. So with that being said, it's like oh, Jay White has always been one step ahead of him, you
0: know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and of course, you know, Gato will be out there. So there's always a chance of interference and distraction. Oh. I'm I'm pretty sure there'll be a ref bump in this match.
1: Okay, so they they Beretta and Okada did defeat Fale and Jay White in that short match during Power Struggle.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But for the majority of these matches, bro, it's almost all mm-hmm. Bullet Club. Um, yeah, the next one was basically during a. Uh, Road to Power struggle chaos. Uh, the, there was a four man team, a three man team of Chaos that picked up a win against uh, the OG Bullet Club by DQ. But I mean, I'm going back, and yeah, since October, I don't, even, I can't even count how many matches it it's been, but it's literally been almost entirely Bullet Club. So I mean, it's more than twenty. It's yeah. more than twenty matches that Bullet Club has gotten the victory. So Okada's just been getting killed. Uh, by Jay White and by the OG Bullet Club. Um, they've, they've done nothing but make Jay White look smarter, more ma- maniacal, um, plotting and cerebral when it comes to this feud, whereas Okada has basically been, been mind-effed. He, he went from being this wrestling god, this golden goose for New Japan, the ace, the rainmaker, and turned into this zany... Lost plotting
0: balloon, balloon
1: carrying <laughs> red-haired geek. <laughs> this guy who doesn't know who he is and he can't. It's like when they say like he has all the tools. Right, Okada's got all the tools, but he can't put
0: it together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and but he's been fueled with rage because J White turned on him because J White poisoned chaos because J White uh, basically usurped him and has. Util- he used Okada as a tool to turn himself into a star. He was just a young boy like two years ago. Yeah. So it's very compelling, and this is why so many people are interested in this storyline. And so you got to imagine that this is Okada's chance to redeem himself and slay that dragon, and you know basically get the monkey off his back.
0: Yeah. So that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm picturing here.
1: My fear. My my conventional wisdom is that the Ace doesn't lose in the Tokyo Dome.
0: Right, yeah, and that's another thing. You know, we've we've kind of seen that. You look past the previous um, January Fourth shows. The Ace usually, at the time, goes over.
1: And make no mistake about it. You know, you got Naito in a big match. You got Kenny and and Tanahashi. But the Ace of this company is still Okada, even if he's in a diminished role at this current time. He is the top star of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So you gotta you you gotta think that that's the way you gotta go when it comes to this. But there's this other part of me that's like, Okada's not Okada. He's not the rainmaker right now. He's this broken character, and I'm very nervous that Jay White is going to pick up a big win in the Tokyo Dome over Okada and keep him spiraling afterwards mm-hmm. because Gato might book that. I am going to say this. I'm going to go with Okada because logic tells me I have to go with Okada, but I have this fear, this paranoia. This is
0: the one match that we have talked about off the air. It's the
1: only one that I've been thinking about right. that I'm scared about. We've
0: talked about it now. You were leaning towards Jay White at first. but No, I just
1: I w- I wanted to see if you would corroborate my anxiety about it. Hmm. And I actually ha- feel like I had stronger points about why Jay White might win back then. I don't remember what they were specifically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now it's just become an emotion. Now it's just a, a, a sinking feeling and a fear. Yeah. Um,
0: Which I, I think that's the feeling they, they want us to have going. <laughs> they have a masterful job of making Jay, Jay White a credible threat to um, you know, knocking off Okada on the dome. So they did a great job of that. Do at- you know why I feel this way? Because everything points to Okada winning. Is that too obvious? It could be.
1: Like, is Gato just going to do a heartbreak?
0: Is this going to be Okada-Naito situation where everybody's like, Naito's going to win, Naito has to win, Naito has to win, and then next thing you know, Rainmaker, one, two, three.
1: Oh, here's the main reason I thought that Jay White might win and why I've been scared. I forgot what it was, but now I remember. We'll talk about Kenny a little bit later on, but Kenny's basically the gaijin ace. Mm -hmm. Hypothetically, if he's gone, we don't know if he is or not. They got to move Jay into that role now. Jay doesn't need this win to do that. He can—he's still the leader of the the Bullet Club. So, but what if they have him go over Okada to truly set him up as a superstar, and he can say, "I'm the only man who's ever, you know," or he's not the only man that's ever beat Okada in the Dome, but like he has that big feather in his cap, and he's like, "I destroyed Okada," and then maybe he goes after Omega afterwards, or maybe he goes after Tanahashi afterwards. And you send Okada on the on the outs, still trying to find himself. Yeah. It's a scary thought because it could happen. It It makes so much sense to me. Yeah. But I gotta go with Okada.
0: Yeah. I feel I don't know, I feel like we're gonna get the Rainmaker coming back.
1: Oh. No pants?
0: I I don't know about the pants. (laughs) (laughs) No long boys? I don't know about the long boys, but I feel like we're gonna get the Okada. He's going to come out, no balloons. He's going to hit Rainmaker Pose. The Rainmaker Bucks are going to fall from the dome. Bro,
1: you want to see me mark out when that music hits, but then there's no... No. (laughs) Yeah. And the music keeps going. You're going to see me freaking pants off, (laughs) shirt off, spinning it like a helicopter. (laughs) I'm going to kick over that love seat over there. I'm going to wreck strong style studios i'm going to break your tv <laughs> and we're not even going to know what happened because i'm because it's it. we already won there's no pa- like yeah. no but i'm just playing but um i'm going to be excited if he if he comes out in the gold and the pink and come or maybe even something new that we've never seen before because that's probably what he would do it'd probably be a new attire
0: right as long as and he gets I rid feel, of the red hair yeah and, i feel like we're going to get the gold hair yeah we're going to the, the Okada Bucks. Oh, oh my god, yes. Dude, I feel I'm I'm
1: excited sick. like just thinking about it. I'm like, yeah. So, um now here before we move on, this is the the big thing. We're talking about, you know, speculations, the story, the build. What about this? Jay White has never had a truly great classic match. The one that people could probably point to is the Juice Robinson match, and even that is Not, I wouldn't say in the same category as a five star classic. Right, and people are waiting for him to show up and show out and show that what kind of performer he can truly be. It's been the one big knock on him this year from a lot of pundits and you know uh, fans. Is he going to do that with Okada? Because regardless of the outcome, regardless of the build and all that, if this match is a dud in the in the number three spot because that's where he was last year with Tanahashi, I think, but somewhere near here. If it's a dud again, like he was, like if he draws a dud in the Dome with Tanahashi and then one with Okada, what do we say about that? Doesn't matter how good his character work is and and his mic work and all that. Mm -hmm. And are we going to see a a classic? Like, what do you think? Do you think it's realistic that we see that? Or what do you think is going to happen?
0: I don't know. I mean, he's wrestling Okada. Um, And like I say, I feel like we're going to get that Prime Rainmaker back. So I feel like Okada's going to work really hard. To Make sure this match is really good, um, and then it's going to be up to Jay White to kind of step up. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's going to be a very good match, I, I feel like it's going to at least be uh above four stars. Uh, if,
1: if it's above four stars, it'll be passable, but people will still have the criticisms. For me, you gotta go at least four and a half, no less. If it's less than that, this will actually, in my opinion, be somewhat of a failure. Because it's Okada in the dome. Right. And, I, and and the thing is, I think with the placement, they've got this before the Jericho and Naito match, because I assume that's going to be a brawl, and then you're going to get a classic again with Kenny and Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. So they're slotted in a place where they can have an epic classic. that The Okada match, which I love. And I feel like if he can't do it with Okada... Then we got to really re, re,
0: We got some problems chief Yeah we have <laughs> some
1: problems because all these uh, Allowances we've been making for this kid And we've been saying give him time Let him develop and he's he's shown us a lot But if he can't deliver in the big spot Doesn't matter if he wins Doesn't matter if he's a the foreign ace I don't care what you do If he can't deliver, this is New Japan Pro Wrestling This is the promotion where you gotta deliver On that level, if you can't do it With, with Kazushika Okada who's probably the best wrestler alive today who can wrestle any
0: style we
1: got problems yeah so i'm like almost that's another thing i'm fear i'm fearful of are they gonna deliver
0: yeah i think a lot of people have been questioning you know how you know how good is this match actually gonna be the story has been great um, jay white promo wise has been great
1: man if it's one of them G- jay white g1 matches you can miss me with that all right. If it's one of them chair shot matches from the G1. And you know what? I didn't like the Tanahashi match that much. The one that everyone's like, oh, it was way better.
0: In the, yeah. the G1? No,
1: no, no. Um, the, the rematch for the briefcase. And everyone was oh, like, okay. Everyone was like, oh, it was so great. And I was like, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, man. Yeah. We're in the Tokyo Dome. If you give me that, I'm, I'm going to hand wave this match. You I, better deliver.
0: I, I feel like there will be some smoke mirrors, though. Uh, I, I, I guarantee you. I'll make g- some
1: allowances, but there's a way to do it within the context of having a great match. Yeah. And I don't think that Jay White has really mastered that. And I don't want to see it to the extent that it has been. They better give me a classic. Yeah. Because I, it's, because that's what we need to see out of Jay White. Yeah. If you want to be in this company, you want to be on that level, you want to draw, you want to be a superstar, you better perform. Yeah. Against Okada.
0: I mean, I, def- I definitely feel like there's going to be a ref bump in here and Gato is going to get involved. Sure, sure.
1: Yeah. And I'm all, I'm all for that. I'm not against those sorts of things. I'm
0: not I'm not this purist where it's got to
1: be a catch-as-catch-on-the-mat classic. Right. This is not Okada Tanahashi. This has is, this is been built over a year. I expect for things like that to happen. But if it's like the G1, and you know what I'm saying, like if it's like the matches he had in the G1— you can miss me with that,
0: or if it's like Russell Kingdom last year.
1: Oh yeah, and if and if you that was that was them trying to have a Matt classic and it just didn't it didn't deliver. Like it was like flat. It was in, yeah, it was flat. I mean, it was fine. It was fine. And if this match is just fine, and we wrecked Okada over it, and we elevated Jay White over it, and then they just come out here and they do a fine match, I will call this a failure. Mm.
0: All right. And, and that could happen. Yeah. And I'm scared that that could happen. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of fear and anxiety for this match. For
1: this specific match, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, but so, I'm excited. Yeah. It,
1: it's not all negative because Jay White could get elevated. This could be the night that Okada makes Jay White. Yeah. And and going forward, everything that we've been saying about this guy and the potential he has and everything we've seen from him, it could be, um, you know, fulfilled. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, next up, we are at the semi-main event, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. The champion, the alpha, Chris Jericho, taking on Tetsuya Naito. Uh, I'm expecting this one to be a, a, a brawl. It's it, it,
1: that's, that's been Jericho's style of match. Um, I expect the same thing. I am very excited. I'm excited for this match now. Mm. Um you know, um, I don't know. I, we, I feel like we talked about it so much the other week. Um, I'm trying to, like, find words for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, um, both of these men have come out in the last uh, weeks and so that it's going to be both of their opponents last, last mat, match. They're here to which, put them out which, of wrestling. Which makes me think we're definitely getting some kind of crazy, bloody brawl. Um, and I feel
1: a- like. 80s Memphis, sign me up. Yes. 80s Mid Atlantic,
0: sign me and up. And we know Gato loves Memphis. So. You
1: know, if this is Mid South in the 80s, these blood feuds, sign me up. World class, I'm all about it.
0: Um, and I feel like um, going into this match, I feel like Naito has a psychological edge on Jericho. Uh, I feel like Naito, you know, based off the press conference and the videos, that, uh, you know, Naito has been tranquilo this whole time and that has just kind of riled Jericho up. I feel like going into the first match, Jericho wasn't as riled up as he is now.
1: Yeah, he was under Naito's skin the whole time. Naito was kind of like distracted with other things. Jericho was like this nuisance. He just he kept interjecting himself into Naito's career. Naito's like, who is this dude? Why is he why, <laughs> yeah. why, why are you doing this? I don't understand. Yeah. And at this point now, he's had time to ruminate. He's had time to grow. And he's been more—he's much more prepared for what he's gonna get with Jericho. The first match was a bump; he got bamboozled and bombarded. I mean, Jericho jumped him and beat the crap out of him to start out mm-hmm. the match, and he never was really able to regain his his placement. I think this time he he knows the tricks that Jericho plays. He knows the games that he has. In kayfabe, you could say he's studied him. He's watched
0: the tape. Right. Yeah. He's um, done his homework. He's done his homework.
1: Before he was saying, "I don't know who Jericho is," and Jericho is like, "You're going to learn today."
0: Right. <laughs> and he did. Yeah. And he learned.
1: Um, uh, and this time he was like, "You know what, Jericho?" He he told Jericho, "He's like, I want to take the title off you so that you're irrelevant and you'll be out of my life because no one needs you in this company once once the title's off you." And that's interesting. Yeah. Um, there are people who think that Jericho will win and this will set up a match at, say, Madison Square Garden to do the final trilogy. And you give Naito, you know, like he has to finally beat this guy. I hope they don't do that. Personally, I would like to see Jericho, if he stays in New Japan, I don't know if he is. We really don't. We never know Jericho. But if he stays, I would like to see him move on and work with other talent. I think there's more money in that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like, you know, a Jericho Okada, a Jericho Tanahashi. I mean, there's other top stars for him to work.
1: You could uh, turn him baby, have him work Jay,
0: have him work Suzuki. Right. Um, any of these guys. Yeah, and I, I feel like, um, you know, we're almost in a situation here with Juice Robinson with Naito. He's kind of, you know, been on the back burner this year. Um, Kayfabe-wise, he has not, you know been getting the push he you know quote unquote should a a guy of his stature should get and he's has he had some failures this year um starting with last year's Wrestle Kingdom um I feel like Naito needs to have a big dome victory here to kind of you know rekindle that flame and get him going for 2019 yes he's still very over LIJ is still a top faction in New Japan. He is a draw but if you look at the uh, Tokyo sports awards if you look at the fan voting Naito has fallen a couple steps than he normally is Normally, he's first or second in those awards where he's slid down to third or not even winning an award at all um, I mean you look at our wrestler of the year voting not even close in contention for the top three spots. No. Nope. So I feel like Naito needs to win this match to kind of rekindle him, reestablish him as a top guy, and for him to have a strong 2019. Because to me, if he loses, not saying he's going to be a jag, but I, I definitely feel like he's, he's like a go, a Goto-level kind of guy. Or, it's so
1: sad that we always use that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or... Or he's going to be, you know, slotted, like, almost in a Nakamura role, but even less than that. Because Nakamura would win big matches at the Dome, even at the IC level.
1: Yeah, let's be clear. Like, Naito's a bigger star than Nakamura ever was in this company. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. He he just is. Um, But from a booking standpoint, many times they treated Nakamura better than they have with Naito. And they've really... uh, And I I mean, I'm not, this is not a criticism we've talked about, you know, the Naito thing all year, but let's just kind of go through his trajectory over the past year. We thought it was going to be his moment against Okada. He loses in the Dome. He goes to the New Japan Cup. He loses to Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, You know, he got jumped by Jericho. He ends up in a big feud with Suzuki. He does win the belt, but in a match where up to that point, people had been saying, well, he's been losing but at least he's having great matches and then the when the Suzuki feud the first match when he won at Kuni,
0: that was a dud not a dud but you know it did
1: not live up to the expectations right, yeah. also he got saddled with the IC title again and at a point it didn't make sense it was like why um, and it kind of felt like they were putting him at a certain level after that he ended up losing the big match at Dominion to Jericho so again three huge losses throughout the year then he comes into the G1 and we expect, oh, that's going to be the time they rebuild him. He loses to Omega. He right, loses. that was the
0: first night, right? He lost to Omega.
1: Yep. And he had a lot of, he had a great G1, but no one talks about his G1 because by the end of it, it was pre- even though he was quote unquote in contention to win, you saw the handwriting on the wall. He wasn't going to win it. When he got beat again by Zack Saber on the B Block final night, then it's like, okay, another big loss, another tournament that he doesn't win. Um, he got beat by Kenny Omega, who's the IWGB champion, which is a
0: big match. And there was so much, you know, heat going into that match with the Omega's comments about corners, and
1: it was just very apparent that he wasn't going to be near the title in the foreseeable future. So again, it was another huge setback. Um, and then coming out of the G1, he had another feud with Suzuki. He won that, but it just kind of felt like he was just staying in place. The rest of the year, he kind of just seconded the rest of lij he supported his teammates
0: right and he had, he had some kind of lower card feuds of guys like uh yoshihashi and um Taichi.
1: earlier in the in, earlier in the year yeah the, the big the big feud that he had going into power struggle where he won and kind of started rebuilding him was that he finally beat zach he mm-hmm. finally beat zach yeah but it took all year so yeah not only in real world has a stature kind of lowered but in kayfabe so now we're here. Jericho's in front of him. We're, and there's people who are going to criticize them putting the IC title on him again. And I get that. And, you know, there's people who can wax philosophically about what the IC title represents to him and all that. I, I think that's neither here nor there. I think the big thing is that you got a big star in front of him. And you got the Tokyo Dome, this contentious place where he's suffered big defeats yeah. in main events, in co main events. And it's his time. He has to beat Jericho. The whole thing with Jericho, Jericho respects this business so much. And he has always been somebody who's been known for coming in and getting guys over. The whole point of this was to get somebody over. They did not bring Jericho in so that he could retain this IC title and then get him over in April next year. That just doesn't make sense jericho's got other business that he needs to do i see him probably beating some top stars later on in the year if he stays but this is naito's time his time his time naito time he's got he's got to win this match yeah and i think this is going to be a very violent and brutal match this is going to be naito's real man match
0: yeah this is going to be a uh, strong style fight of the year candidate for contender? 20 for 2019 i
1: agree i think it's going to be awesome i'm very excited for it and um I'm going to be happy when Naito finally gets the big win. Yeah. Um, people will be wondering what's going to happen with the IC title. I have no idea. Right. But at least he'll get this big
0: marquee moment win. and get some momentum going into the uh new beginning tours. I will
1: I'll I'll if he loses this whole thing where all the fans are like win, win with Naito. Like when's it going to happen? I will finally be like at that same point. I'll be in the, the the camp that's like when are they going to pull the trigger with their top one of their top stars like they got to Naito's got to win it would yeah. be bad to me I feel like it's bad business if Naito loses at this point because they have diminished him a bit but after this he would really be diminished and so now you're talking about I know there's money in the chase but when you diminish a guy to a, a lower level than his star potential has shown he can he can be and the marketability he will be hurt if they if they have him job here he needs yeah, to win yeah. New Japan needs him to have this win
0: Yeah okay yeah couldn't agree with you Any more there uh, So yeah so both of us got Naito Winning here uh, Which brings us To the main event Of the evening <laughs> The I W G Heavyweight championship match The 66 Champion The Cleaner the best bout machine. The Keeping It Strong Style 2018 Wrestler of the Year. Kenny Omega. Taking on the G1 Climax winner. The Ace of the Universe. Hiroshi Tanahashi.
1: Once in a lifetime, baby. One in 1,000. Mm hmm. High five flow. One, two, three. Good night, Irene. The ace gonna ride again. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what, I'm just saying that stuff to be funny. I'm very uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know, Jeremy. Uh, uh, I,
0: I don't know what to say I here. Feel, this match is almost like um, Okada, JY White for me. It's very I can honestly I can see this match going either way.
1: Originally when we were around the G one season And it started to become very apparent. Like, oh my God, they're gonna do Kenny and Tanahashi. We knew that they were gonna do it for a variety of reasons. In the Tokyo Dome, they just tradition. Ever since they started doing the whole G One winner gets a title shot at the Tokyo Dome, Mm -hmm. and even before that, ever since these um, Tokyo Dome main events became like a New Japan thing, and it wasn't something where they were because in the early days they were doing these big dream matches between, you know, NOAA guys or TNA guys versus New Japan or All right. Japan or whatever. Once it started to become a more focused thing in the Tanahashi era, they typically, for the most part, are not... They would not run a match where the two guys wrestling had wrestled in a singles match in the previous calendar year. Right. Kenny Omega, with his G1 run and all the feuds he did, anyone who was a top challenger, whether it could have been Jay White, Tetsuya Naito... Chris Jericho, Okada, all these big names. It just seemed like, well, he already wrestled all of them. There's only one true, and even Ibushi. They gave us all those matches this year, and thank God they did. That's why Kenny Omega's Wrestler of the Year, uh, Ishii. I mean, you can go down the list, Mm -hmm. but it became very apparent. The guy in the A Block that he hadn't wrestled, and that was a protected match, and that could draw was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. And once we saw Hiroshi Tanahashi win the G1 and they revitalized him and rekindled him and rebuilt him so quickly and made him a legit like contender and a threat, it became very apparent what that match was going to be. But at the same time, the whole time it was happening, I was like, there's no way that when we go to that match that there will be any doubt in my mind about who's winning. It's going to be the story of the old dog, one last chance to ride, one last chance to run it, but... He's going to get put down by the new crowned champion in Kenny Omega. This is going to be Kenny Omega's crowning achievement, and they're going to build him. Then AEW happened. Then the Elite stuff started happening. Then the doubts came into play. Then Tanahashi re-signed, you know, a deal. And then Tanahashi looks so convincing. And now it's becoming like... I'm very nervous I don't know who's gonna win this match and just a month or two ago You would have asked me I would have said well Kenny Omega is for sure gonna win Now we don't even know if Kenny's gonna be in this company the next night
0: Yeah It's yeah it's a very Honestly I this match Either guy could win this matchup like To me there's not a favorite going into this match
1: From a story standpoint last year remember how confident I was about Naito winning
0: Yeah both of us were
1: no, you picked Okada. I did? Yes, you picked Okada. In, I did? In I the don't, dome.
0: I thought I picked Naito to win.
1: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Remember how confident you were to pick Naito? Yeah. And then I was so confident. Yeah, you
0: you picked Okada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry.
1: I picked Okada, and I knew for sure Okada, because from a story standpoint, business standpoint... Yeah, I remember. I thought you
0: were crazy. I was like...
1: It made it just made all the sense in the world to me. Mm-hmm. There is that like um, conspiracy theorist in me that... Wants to lean towards Tanahashi Also Mm -hmm. my natural proclivity For being a Tanahashi fan Um But the truth is it makes more sense In the long term to go with Kenny Um But I feel like Kenny could leave and I'm scared of Kenny And and that's why I don't know
0: This Mm
1: -hmm. time I don't know this time
0: Yeah um I think for me I think I'm going to Go with Kenny um, just because, uh, even if all elite wrestling happens, um, we've seen in previous years that Kenny's New Japan contract does allow him to take outside, outside dates and work with some American companies that are not necessarily partners with New Japan. Um, I think he could still have a full-time New Japan deal and then do some shots for AEW because um, we don't even know what their tapings... Uh, is it going to be monthly pay review. Is it going to be TV? We don't what, even know if it's going to exist. Exactly. So maybe Kenny does a smart thing, gets a new contract for next year, which allows him to do some AEW shows, um, but still remain in New Japan. Uh,
1: what if Kenny drops his belt? What if Abushi drops his belt and the Golden Lovers are gone? Mm. I mean that could happen dude that could happen especially since there have been reports about issues with money, issues with merch um, issues with management um, not Mm. being satisfied, not feeling appreciated, things like that and then this other opportunity arises, maybe they take the gamble because that's the kind of guy Ibushi and Omega are Mm-hmm. You know, they felt like they built. I mean, this. I think the stuff they're saying in their promos, especially Kenny, about having brought up this company when it was could have faltered. You know, and all mm-hmm. these other guys left, and he helped save the company. And he feels underappreciated, and maybe underutilized, undervalued, even though he's got the title. Yeah, that could all be real, or maybe we're getting worked. Maybe he's just a master worker. We're some simple marks. Kenny is playing the game, and we are just a part of his world. I don't know. Um, There is a part of me that also feels like you put the title on Tanahashi, maybe Kenny Stang, but Mm -hmm. you put the title on Tanahashi anyways, and now you've got a natural future feud. You've got a... a, Kenny loses, right? I'm sorry, Kenny wins, right? Mm -hmm. There's not that much money in a Tanahashi-Kenny feud down the road. I mean, It's done. You have Kenny lose. You gotta you got a easy to book return match maybe in a Madison Square Garden or after the New Japan Cup or what mm-hmm. have you. I mean, they, there's money there, and I mean, and then you kind of give Tanahashi his last run.
0: People will be pissed. Yeah, that's
1: like a Gato thing to do.
0: You know, part of me why I'm going with Kenny and why I had I predicted Ibushi to drop the never open weight title. Is I think, you know, Obushi he beat Kenny in the G1 Has never gotten his title match Has not really said much about getting um, a title match So I'm feeling like Omega gets to win here And then Obushi, freed up from the Never title Is like, alright, I want my my old title I beat you Kenny, like where's my title match And I feel like that could be the match for MSG
1: it definitely could be. I've in the past shown that I'm not good at booking down the line. Every time I think that three months from now or four months from now, this is what the card lineup's going to look like for a big show. I'm gen- generally always wrong. Um, and that's the great thing about New Japan. They always keep us on our toes. I'm much better at analyzing a card on paper as we see it, as opposed to projecting future. Uh, I mean, I didn't even see like Okada having breaking the title record. Right. And it was right in front of our face. And I not even right. see that. So my whole thing is I am um, – I'm scared because, you know, we always say that thing, like the ace doesn't lose in the Tokyo Dome. Right. Kenny's not the ace, man. There, and, and I'm inclined to want to say, well, obviously Kenny's going to win. He's the ace. But guess what? He's not. He's not actually the ace. He's just the guy holding the title at the top right now. Okada is still the ace. Not Naito. Not Tanahashi. Not Omega. There's value in them. I'm not discrediting them, but there's only one guy who's really, really the top dude in New Japan right now. And so that leaves the po- – I'm not saying Omega's going to lose. I'm saying but it leaves that possibility. Right. Because if he loses, it's not like their top, top guy lost. In fact, it might create some interesting scenarios for Omega because Omega has proven in the past to be pretty interesting when he's pursuing and when he's chasing – and it's not all his fault but this title run has been somewhat lackluster from a creative standpoint and a storyline standpoint cuz what do you do with Kenny? He's the best bout machine but what is driving these feuds? Right. You know. But if he has a goal and a and a and a heated rival and a guy that he genuinely dislikes and there's there's a motive that's a little different
0: you know, another thing too that, what, what, what so- I'm
1: going Tanahashi!
0: <laughs> and, I, I'm
1: going Tanahashi, uh, bro. I, I feel like I'm wrong. I feel like I'm wrong, but I just feel like, no, no,
0: no. But you know, part of me, part of me that wanted to go with Tanahashi, Kenny has been so cocky and so heelish and so dickish going into this feud. Uh, the black hair is back. Yeah. The, the, the Bullet Club heel leader, um, hair is back uh, I just feel like he's he's overconfident I feel or, is, like...
1: or is he overcompensating mm. that's the question yeah. you know there are a lot of allusions to the Wrestle Kingdom match between Kichi Muto the great Muta and the match that he had with Tanahashi and Tanahashi was kind of in the same role as Omega and then you had Muto in the same place as Tanahashi very very there's a lot of parallels between these two matches And it was the younger lion, the guy that you build the company around, the guy that you can build with. And so I wanna go Omega because from a business standpoint, he's shown to be a draw, he's shown to be a proven commodity. He is the guy that can help them expand. My only thing is, will he be here? Right. Will he, if he's here, here, that's my thing. If he's here, I think they go with him all day. Yeah. But if he's leaving or it's gonna be a short term contract, I don't know. And then there's that part of me It's like, well, if he does stay, you want to put Obushi over. But is Obushi even going to sign a contract? Right. Are they even going to Uh, do that match? And I
0: think something else, a small factor to think about that I haven't heard anybody else discuss on any podcast. Hot hot take. Um, I think we need to think about who's going to be seconding these guys. So if you have... Obushi? Bushi seconding Omega... Could, could that lead to Omega winning and then Nabushi challenges then? If Omega's seconded by the Young Bucks, Omega can lose and you say goodbye to all three of those guys. I you, was thinking. You have that. Shibata yes. um, seconding Tanahashi. What if Shibata's ready to come back and Tanahashi wins and then Shibata challenges Tanahashi? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, th- those are small story elements that I think come into play here.
1: Okay. I'm going to pick Omega. Okay. Because it's just... I'm going to do the, the Vegas odds. The, the the betting odds are Omega. And even if AEW happens, Omega's not even necessarily a for-sure guy that might go over with Cody in the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, it does feel like he's earned this. It feels like it's the logical choice. I am going to officially, on the record, make my official big pick be Kenny Omega but my heart and my soul is telling me that maybe I'm wrong and maybe it's gonna be tanahashi because it almost feels like you could do more interesting things if you put tanahashi in 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 the I wanna I want to flip I want to flip so bad
0: <laughs> and you know in the news you know tanahashi has got this you know new contract God. his most lucrative con- contract to date um, and then you know there's the whole I'm going with Tanahashi Okay I'm sorry I, I know
1: I'm know. i not making the boring pick I'm going with what my gut is telling me I'm going to make the sexy pick The one that people are going to say you're stupid for And if I look like a fool come next week Damn it that's, that's just what it is I'm riding with the ace I'm riding with the ace one more time High five flow One two three He's gonna kick out of the one-winged angel. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. And the funny thing is, we're not even talking about the match quality. I think this match can be easily five stars. Oh, oh yeah. We don't even have to like guess. Stars all day. Stars all day. This will be a match of the year contender, and I feel like this is gonna be one of the classics of New Japan lore.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm. Gonna, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Kenny.
1: Okay. I'm taking. I'm taking Tanahashi, and if I just. You know, if I made the sexy pick last year and I was wrong, great. And if I make it this year and I'm... Oh, well, I did. I wasn't wrong, but...
0: You were right last year. I was year. right.
1: And if I just happen to be that guy who just goes against the curve just to go against the curve and I'm wrong all the time, great, whatever. But I just feel like there's so much uncertainty with Kenny. I'm probably getting worked, but there's, there is upside in my mind with putting Tanahashi. The other thing, too, is... Oh, man, it's so tough. I'm going Tanahashi. Okay. Although I think you could easily run Omega and Okada right after this. Yeah. And maybe run that at, at, MSG. As, at MSG. Yeah. We'll be there either way. Whatever it's gonna be, we'll right? Be there. Yeah. Man, that's my official pick. I'm going. I'm going Tanahashi.
0: I'm okay. sorry. I I I'm freaking out about this. I know, dude. I'm I'm feeling stressed about. This. I'm feeling
1: stressed about it, but I'm going Tanahashi. But I I I feel like. If Tanahashi loses, I might cry, and if Tanahashi wins, I might cry. <laughs> I think tears are going to be shed in the in the dojo.
0: Yeah, man. So with that that's our Russell Kingdom 13 preview and predictions. Uh, we're also planning on putting out our predictions in a column form, along with some other uh, New Japan uh, pundits out there in Twitterverse. The best of the best. So be on the lookout for that. Um.
1: (laughs) And hey, listen, if you are a uh, podcaster or a columnist and you want to get in on that and, you know, we know you're listening. We know some of you guys listen. We hear you from time to time. But we love you guys. If you want to shoot us a DM and we're we're talking about New Japan like people, if you're out there and you want to get in on this. Then uh, hit us up and maybe we can uh, include you because we'd like to get a variety. I think we're going to do this all year is have like people that are that are involved in what we do, this podcasting world and columnist's world. Right. And, and we'd it, like to kind of keep a running track and see like who who, who really has the juice when right. it comes to predicting this stuff. And day.
0: also just to open up the doors um, for working with other people, I mean... You know, yes, we're we're building social suplex, but at the same time, we don't want to stick to our own little island. I want to be able to work with you know other promotions, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> other other territories, so to speak. And uh, absolutely, like you if,
1: if you're out there on your you're on LOP or you're on VOW or you're on chair chair shot or whatever. If, if you're out there and you know what you're talking about and you cover this stuff, or even if you're independent, hit us up. We'd love to get you on we can't do everybody i'm sure like I, I didn't clear this with jeremy it's not you know this is probably gonna create more work for jeremy in the long run so we can't ha- if like 20 of you guys hit us up probably gonna have to decline a few but
0: we'll we'll, we'll do a rotation if, if you
1: could, well if you got the clout if you got the juice
0: <laughs> you know <laughs> slide in
1: <laughs> yeah slide in the dms
0: all right so we're gonna uh, close up things the news real quick um so, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Tanahashi uh, renews his New Japan contract. He said on Twitter, "He said this is uh, going to be the you know most um, you know most lucrative deal that he's signed so far." Good. So he's good. earned it. Yeah, it's good. Body's
1: breaking down. Yeah. He needs it. <laughs>
0: um, so the Bullet Club is going to be uh, hosting a WrestleMania uh, party. You
1: know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, Hangman and Cody and the Bucks. The Bullet Club, right? And then I found out, oh, no, 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 no. It's the Bullet Club.
0: Right. So, uh, Jimmy Seafood is partnering with the Bullet Club uh, to throw a big party at, during WrestleMania 35 weekend in New York, uh, New Jersey area. Tamatanga officially announced a party at Corican Hall this week, seen in an in-ring video. Uh, Tama said the block party tailgate party will be lit um, during WrestleMania weekend. Um, well,
1: we've been to one of those those after parties after WrestleMania. That was
0: pretty yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, more details will be coming out about the party. I think there's a, an official Twitter account um, for the the party. Um, yeah, it's at Bullet Club BP. So um, they're going to be tweeting out a lot of info about that uh, Bullet Club party.
1: All y'all simple marks, y'all Bullet Club wearing shirt pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, there's going to be um, there's a new episode of The Wire that's up right now looking at the IWGP title match. Uh, check that out. Uh, NJPW CEO Harold May, he spoke with the public relations office, the government of Japan, about working for New Japan, uh, international fans, impact on the company, and NJPW becoming more popular within Japanese culture. Nice. So you can go ahead and check that interview out. Um, part three of the history of chaos is up on YouTube right now. And, man, I'm really loving these uh, history series and kind of getting some background knowledge on you know chaos and Bullet c- Club. C- catching you up, young boy. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've always thought it was funny that you call yourself the young boy, when you well, I don't call myself the young
1: they call me well, they, the young boy. They
0: call you the young boy, but you know way more about New Japan and Pure Resident than I do, but you're the young boy.
1: That's because I've gone through the ardent tasks. I've done the squats, I've cleaned the balls, I've done it all.
0: <laughs> uh, but I've been
1: I've been caned, okay? I've been caned. It's been it it was rigorous, but now I have attained the knowledge of a Shota Umino, if you would, or a Katsuya Kitamura, okay?
0: So when do you graduate? When do you, when do you get a gimmick?
1: Never. <laughs> I'm here for life. <laughs> I, I, was a, I was a young lion who died in the dojo, and my spirit resides in there. I've, I will never graduate. I just haunt the dojo for, the, for all eternity.
0: <laughs> um. Taka Michino, who he's going to be taking some uh, U.S. dates for 2019.
1: I heard he kind of has to. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. not getting paid for the next year. <laughs> yeah, his
0: uh, pockets are a little... I limited. heard he's,
1: like, afraid to fly. And, uh, yeah, and that's why in the past he, like, wasn't willing to come here. But now, like, out of necessity, he's like, I guess I'll get on the plane and come over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're going to look out for Taka in a city near you.
1: Yeah, he's going to be working, you know, all, all, all the big towns, you know. Yeah. Uh, Kemper, uh, Poughkeepsie, <laughs> Day- Largo, D- yeah, Margo, <laughs> Dayton.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, Bear City Bruiser and uh, Shane Taylor have signed new Ring of Honor deals for 2019. Yeah. Um, so yeah, keeping you guys updated on all the contract stuff there. Uh, uh,
1: they, they just they're they're re-signing a lot of guys over at Ring of Honor. A lot of a lot of the New Japan talent has also been like um, announced to be like more prominent within the company, going forward, Zack Sabre Jr., Juice, Juice Robinson, yeah. Will Ospreay. Yep. So, I mean, um, lots of speculation about what AEW might mean, but it seems from what we're seeing that the Ring of Honor New Japan uh, relationship is actually going to continue and be strengthened next year. So I don't know what that means. Take it for what it, what you will, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Nagata and Kojima, they're going to be participating in the giant uh, Baba Memorial show coming up.
1: And yeah, that's in February. One thing, um, I didn't mention it last week, but, um, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm, I'm going to forget, uh, the all Japan pro wrestling aces name. (laughs) How, how could I literally, why do I forget names all the time? Like I've got this incredible memory and then we get on the air and, um,
0: I think you you just, you get so excited and then it just like slips your tongue at the last second.
1: Yeah. Uh, Like who is, who is the all Japan pro wrestling, um, Who's their ace right now?
0: Um, I, w- I wish I could help you out here. Um.
1: Okay, I'm going to find it here in just a moment. I'm going to their roster page like
0: <laughs> as we speak.
1: This is so... This is embarrassing, guys. And there, I know that... <sighs> Kento Miyahara. My <laughs> God. <laughs> so anyways, Kento Miyahara was in the, um, in the press. I think it was with Tokyo Sports. I could be wrong, but he was talking and he said that he is trying to lobby to get a one-on-one match with um Hiroshi Tanahashi which is like my god I know that that's probably not gonna
0: happen but but if it did Mm. man
1: It, it just evokes all the big like cross promotional matches um Jeremy actually just saw uh Kensuke Sasaki versus uh versus uh tenryu dude the tokyo dome the other day yeah
0: that was awesome yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah it, it kind of evokes that but yeah if Miyahara and um tanahashi ever wrestled in one-on-one that's oh my god i'd be so excited but they're both pretty much going to be on that card so i'm very excited about this giant baba memorial show all all the, all the different talent from all the different companies
0: yeah should be a lot of fun um got a lot of news about um Bullet Club shirts, or more like elite shirts uh, from Pro Wrestling Tees. So January 7th will be the last day to get elite Bullet Club shirts before they're discontinued forever. So
1: So you're talking about Bullet Club shirts that have the likenesses of the current elite stars. Right,
0: so your Golden Young Bucks shirts, your American Nightmare, your Villain Enterprises, your Villain Clubs... Your Hangman Page shirt, your Super Click Click Club Your Kenny the Cleaner um, Kenny with the One Wing Angel on it um, Goodbye, Goodnight, Bang Any Bullet Club shirt revolving around the elite guys Are going to be discontinued um, from Pro Wrestling Tees Um, There are also some other Bullet Club Club merchandise that are being discounted They have the the Villain Club um, hoodie it's on sale right now for um, half the price, $19.99. Um, I think there's only smalls remaining, so if you're small, go ahead and check that out. Um also released their top merch sellers of 2018. So the top three shirts, number one was the gold Villain Club shirt. Number two was the um, Gen- the General Bullet Club logo t-shirt. And number three was the Golden Elite t-shirt other merchandise that's on discount the uh, bullet club basketballs jersey um they are 50% off right now for $25 each they had an awesome sale going the other
1: day where shirts were like $7 all over um pro wrestling tees it was just select ones but I, I was looking at them and I thought about getting a shirt but I I've got I've gotten to a place in my life where I have so many black like wrestling t-shirts and i don't know how it happened because i used to never even right
0: you're you're like stack kind of grew out of nowhere
1: yeah i don't know <laughs> you buy one bullet club shirt and then you wake up one day and you got like 10 wrestling shirts you don't even know how you acquired them like
0: <laughs> i don't know it just happens yeah and then um the uh top te- top 10 selling wrestlers of 2018 the young bucks were number one uh number two was marty scurl number three was kenny omega number four was cody five was bruce pritchard number six kota abushi seven was steve austin eight cm punk number nine was Tamatonga, and number 10 was hangman adam page so um, just seeing the impact that the elite had this year with um Pretty much all of their, the members being on this uh, best selling t shirt list in uh, 2018. The, uh, the last thing here uh, being the elite from last week, they had their um, Christmas uh, special. Where um, SCU was <laughs> over at the Young Bucks house for Christmas. I was trying to remember if
1: I even watched that. I was like, "What happened on Being the Elite?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, 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 the Christmas special." Yeah. It was okay.
0: Yeah, it was. It wasn't the funniest. It was just. It was kind of there. I mean, there was no big like story uh, developments or. I anything. just saw the
1: guys wearing their, you know, Christmas uh, goofy Christmas sweaters, and um, they did do the funny bit where, um, who was it? Uh, from SCU, he didn't get his bonus.
0: Oh, that uh, Kazarian, yeah, yeah he, Frankie Kazarian. he didn't get a bonus from Ring of Honor, they gave him like an honor club, a free year of honor club. Yeah,
1: they gave him a free year of honor club, and he went off on this big long rant how he was gonna tell Joe Koff off, <laughs> and yeah. uh, that was pretty funny, but I mean, there was nothing really that substantial, yeah.
0: really, I mean, yeah. being the elite. But um, um, it did, actually, that being, that being the elite did make me think about something we haven't talked about in the news. Um, SCU, they've been taking independent dates Call them yeah. into 2019. They're done with yeah. Ring of Honor. Yeah. They're
1: done. The whole elite is done. There, That's so many guys. So many guys. Um, do you want to, before we go, because I feel like we're one of the only podcasts who haven't talked about it. Do you want to talk about this whole women in New Japan thing? Oh,
0: my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Um. We can, we can, let's talk about it. You and uh, I haven't
1: talked about this. Right. Like you and I have not sat back in like since it came out like we haven't addressed it and I don't think we talked about it the last 2 weeks because we already did address it earlier. Right,
0: that's what we talked about earlier in the year when cuz this conversation always seems to happen every 3 or 4 months, you know, every quarter somebody's like new Japan really needs to have women and then it starts a Twitter war.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> and we I feel like um but our listener base has changed quite a bit since the last time it popped up. I mean, that was an earlier part of the year. Right,
0: we've we've grown a lot since so then. There,
1: I feel like there probably are people wondering like why are you guys dressed and and then if you're someone who's already listened to this before and you already know our take on it, you don't care or whatever, like th- this is going to be the last thing we talk about on the show, so you might want to jump off. But um if or stick around because we love you guys. Yeah. But um yes, yeah, so, I mean, obviously this from what I understand, and I could be wrong, I saw that Chelsea Green ha- was the person that... I've heard other people say it, it, this originated from other tweets, but the one that I saw was Chelsea Green... That
0: was the one I saw also, where I, she was like, imagine being a promotion in 2019 that doesn't have women wrestling or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. When in actuality, I, you know, we're not going to sit here... This is not the FOH drafts, so we're not going to sit here and bash WWE, but I just would imagine... I wouldn't be so cavalier making a comment like that when the company that I work for as a performer has much bigger issues, <clears throat> Saudi Arabia, uh, to kind of worry about about equality and about embarrassment and stuff like that before I would like point out this thing with New Japan and women. Um, so I mean, now that I'm starting to think about it, I'm like, man, this is like a, we, we got to talk about this again. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, here's the thing. New Japan, could New Japan have women? Absolutely, New Japan could have women. Do I think in the long term, should New Japan have women? I think if New Japan wants to invest in that, there's probably some upside. Look at what uh, WWE is doing. Mm -hmm. Look at the impact that they've had on business and other companies at different times. It might be a smart thing to do. However, historically, in Japan... It's never been an issue. It's ne- uh, of men and women having separate promotions. Men have always had their own promotion. Women have always had their own promotion, where they are given ample screen time, ample character development, instead of being this niche, you know, uh, ostracized small division. Look at what, look at how women are treated in most big wrestling promotions that involve men. It's not 50/50. It's not equality. Um, even in WWE, where they've got some of the women "quote unquote" on top right now, it's still look how many of the women are, you know, on the sideline and who barely get screen right. time to work. Most
0: of the time, you're you're getting a card of eight to nine matches that usually feature only two women's matches if at most. If, at most, if you're lucky,
1: um, and and most people say like you know, clap your hands, like yeah, you're you're, you're featuring them. That's awesome. Whereas in Japan, you have what ten. Joshi promotions right now that are exclusive for women, where they are the top stars, they're the jobbers, they're the mid card act, they're the openers, the curtain jerkers, the from the,
0: the card opening match to the main event, it's all, all women, all the
1: way top to bottom. Now Joshi is not at its apex right now. Granted, it's not, but they have been on an upswing in recent years. The same way that the UK scene has been on an upswing in recent years. The same way that up and you know the indie scene has been on the upswing. There have been positive growth for women in Japan over the past few years part of that is due to the fact that New Japan as the flagship promotion has grown they have there's this thing that's that's called when the all ships rise with the tide right. and as New Japan has elevated guess what's happened to Noah's business
0: Ni- Noah's been on a streak this year
1: guess what's happened to All Japan's business guess what's happened to Dragon Gate's business DDT all these bigger comp all these minor smaller companies have have also elevated because wrestling in general has been made more healthy by new Japan being more healthy. Same thing with the women this past year. Um, stardom had their best like booking year or, or drawing year for, I think any woman's promotion in like a decade. Um, and they start. they launched a streaming service. They launched, uh, you know, English content. And I mean, it's not just them. You got ice ribbon, you got, uh, sendai girls you got you know all these different women's promotions i mean there's a ton of them and and it is a healthy scene where the women have tons of places to work tons of opponents they're making a living they're not they're not just this second like second act or whatever now could could some of them come to like new japan and new japan be better off if they brought in women and would that be a progressive thing yeah certainly it would Mm -hmm. be The same way that maybe breaking the barriers between juniors and heavyweights might be more progressive, but it is a culture. It is not a sexist thing. It never has been viewed that way by the wrestlers, the performers, the audience, the fan base, the type of uh, wrestling fans that are fans of Joshi over there tend to be very different from the types of wrestling fans that are fans of new Japan. The other thing too, is that new Japan, as a male-oriented wrestling product, draws more women than almost... Right,
0: m- you look at the crowd, all the women, You mean the women that are crying, like Kevin Kelly was telling a story on yeah. Super J-Cast about the, the woman that was like crying so much after uh, Sabre beat Naito. Another thing too, you
1: have to imagine, the only one who's getting flack for this is New Japan, but most of the other bigger companies like Noah and all, and all well they're not bigger, but the other pro companies like
0: NOAA, They all have streaming. All
1: Japan, um, they don't have women. And no one's out here crying out about Noah not having women or all Japan um, or, you know, Dragon Gate. It's right. just it's just New Japan. Um, and nobody's talking. And I mean, I, I don't want to be like one of those guys who are like, what about men? You know, like a, a male fem or, you know, a male whatever. Right. But on the flip side, it's not like the Joshi promotions have men either. And it is just it's a non issue over there. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like because a company decides to run men exclusively and then another company decides to run women exclusively that that automatically indicates that there is a sexism thing going on. It is part of their culture and fans of Joshi don't want it. Fans of Puro don't want it. It's only people who don't like New Japan in general and they are trying to find... Some sort of criticism because that product just happens to be better than the product that you follow. Right. When and in and fact, it's just different.
0: My, and my question to the people that are, you know, caping for this are you currently watching any women's Japanese promotions right now? If you're, you know, trying to support Japanese women wrestling, are, are you watching stardom? Are you watching, you know, any of these other Joshi promotions out there?
1: Are you buying shine? Can,
0: can you name even one jo- current Joshi wrestler right now? <laughs> Besides Tony Storm or anybody that's been featured on Dota beat
1: Yeah, like, they don't know who Arisa Nakajima is. Or, you know, they didn't know who Miko Satomura was until just this past year. You know, right. like, they don't know these girls. Um, beyond and, just, you know, and, and you know what? I'm not going to pretend like I do, because guess what? Right. I'm not a Joshi fan. I'm not. I mean, I love like Minami type Toyota and mm-hmm. I love Aja Kong and, and you know, the 90s w- when, when it was booming. That's another thing was like they went through a boom in the 90s where they were for a time bigger than the men's uh, companies. And it wasn't like, oh, my, they're having all this success. You need to have men on your card. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's just it's always been a non-factor. Um, the same way that when WCW went away and you lost a huge chunk of a fan base. They, that didn't switch over to WWF. They just went away forever. The same thing would happen with Joshi fans. If, if if women's wrestling got absorbed by New Japan and New Japan just became this monolith Goliath giant promotion that if you're a woman, the only place you can work and make money is in New Japan, that fan base would diminish and die and go away. Right. And, that- and and the women would be like um, diminished and be put into this role where they would never really be the stars and things like that in, in New Japan.
0: Right. Because... Yeah, you're making a point I was about to touch on. I, I, overall, I feel like it's just gonna be bad for business. I feel like what would happen would be what's happening now in the States with WWE is signing everybody, which is gonna you know, force independent, wrest- independent companies to quickly try and sign people and make new stars. Um, and so if New Japan was like, you know what? 2019, we're gonna have a Joshi division. We're going to start signing all top joshis from all these independent companies. Then all these companies are going to be scrambling to try and sign people. They're going to be losing top draws. Um, you're, uh, that's going to affect the business of all these other joshi companies, and that could potentially put them out of business with all their top draws going to New Japan.
1: Now here's the thing. Do you have a problem if, if, if they brought women and put them on New Japan, would you care?
0: No. I, if, they, if they decide to do it, hey... I'm I'm about it. Yeah, me too. Like, we love women's wrestling. We go to freaking
1: Shine. We've gone to Shimmer shows. Like, you know, we support that. So we're not against it by any means. Um, And in fact, all the people out there are like, why don't they have women's wrestling? You probably don't know this, but they tried this. They tried it years ago. It was a short-lived experiment. And guess what? The crowds didn't care. Mm -hmm. The women didn't want to be there because they were, they had their own fan bases that knew them. It Now, could it work in 2019? Yeah, it definitely could. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's not going to, but you're acting like this company has never tried this before. And guess what, guys? They did. Right. They tried it. You can go to Cage Match. Look up what the women's matches that happened in New Japan. They tried it years and years ago. They tried to implement the Joshi element. And you know what? The Joshi fans didn't like it. The New Japan fans didn't like it It'll because be- they were conditioned we're talking about over the course of like 60 or 70 years that joshi is joshi puro is puro like men's puro the same way that shoot style is shoot style the same way that deathmatch wrestling is deathmatch wrestling the same way that mma is mma and kickboxing is kickboxing and sumo is sumo these are all very distinct forms of fighting entertainment over there and they the same way that they didn't like the Inokiism thing they also didn't want the the joshi to come and be implemented. It's just it's you're t- you're going against decades of integrated mindset about how things go. This is also another company that had Joni Lar.
0: I was just I was waiting. Yeah, I was say China was featured. They,
1: they featured her as a as a main event act. She was wrestling Masahiro Chono in the Tokyo Dome. So to to say that it's sexist. The truth is, it's, it's not a sexist thing that they have chosen for business reasons not to it's not like, implement one or the other.
0: And, you know, and there's a New Japan handbook that says, we will never hire women, we will never have a women's division. Like, it's not like some like, gospel they're living by.
1: And, and you know what? This company is not... They're, they're making money, and they're, they're profitable now, and they could definitely possibly do this, but they're not WWE they're not a billion dollar company that can afford to do an NXT type venture and potentially take a big loss on it. They're not in that position. This is a company that 10 years ago, we didn't know if it was still going to exist. It was in impact territory, <laughs> you know? Right. It almost went under. Um, to bring on a women's division, to bring on those contracts, and to, to do it right. And to do it right. Uh, it costs a lot of money and they'd have to be devoted to it they'd have to really be committed to it and they'd have to really get behind it now could they absolutely and maybe that decision will happen one day but if they never do it the same way that all the rest of the puroresu companies that are based around men don't do it it, it literally is not a sexist thing um, Stardom actually was in mainstream media or they were on Twitter talking about like we don't want to be part of New Japan We'd rather grow women's wrestling and be what we are
0: Right, and you know they're gonna be coming uh, here to USA WrestleMania weekend They said hey come out and support Japanese women's wrestling WrestleMania weekend We'll be we'll be here. We're having a show. Hope to see you there They're like if you really
1: want to support this don't lobby for us to become a part of New Japan pay for a subscription to to stardom world right and, and watch that and, and, and put your money into it and right. you know
0: support stardom. The bigger stardom gets, then that's a bigger platform for those ladies.
1: And and yeah, and I've seen like I've seen like people on Twitter try to like say like, oh if you're gonna use one of these defenses, you know, but it's like, dude, it that really is what it is. Right. You know what I mean? That really is what it is. It is and if you're gonna, it's a, a non issue. Yeah. Like people in Japan, it's a non issue. They're if If there was a demand for it and they could make money off of it, new Japan would do it right if there was if there was literally like a demand for this and that's really really what people wanted you you can believe me that they would do it because it's a money making business mm-hmm. it just in in the past has proven to be unsuccessful for them, and for other companies they've proven to be successful doing joshi only
0: right and i you know there are several. Uh, American independent companies that don't have women featured on their show. Yeah, uh, MLW hasn't had a woman featured for a long time. Um, on Evolve, I mean, Priscilla Kelly is there, and sometimes they have Shine matches. But
1: PWG, PWG, A-A-W, yeah, Evolve. I mean, most of these companies, if they do have women, it's pretty, you know, minor. But and then there are lots of places that do feature women heavily, and you see interpromotional promotional matches and you see it like in the uk you see it here in the us so uh, you know this is not uh, it's not saying one way is right or one way is wrong but when you say absolutely you say oh you don't feature women so that is a sexist thing you're, that your your company is screwed up it's like that could be if you can like show a demonstrable record of of you know it being a sexist practice mm-hmm. all day I'm, I'm right there with you but this has never proven to historically be a sexist thing. Right. It is a straw man argument that people are drumming up because this big Wrestle Kingdom show is about to drum up and it's going to blow away anything that you, the company that you like has put out ever. Right. <laughs> like outside of NXT. and And yeah, I think that's all it really is about. It's not about women's equality or, you know, otherwise... I mean, how many of you people out there that are doing this, like, are paying for your iPay per views to watch Shine and Shimmer?
0: Right. You know? Right. It's like, if you're going to attack New Japan, you need to attack no, you need to attack every Japanese male company, then you need to come focus stateside and look at all the promotions that are not featuring women, and you better be, you know, subscribed to WN Club and watching Shine, you better be subscribed to Shimmer, uh, you better be, um, I think Rise is another promotion, like, you should be watching all these women. Subscribe to Stardom World. Like, have all the women subscriptions, and you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe watch a Joshi match because yeah. they're pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend Aja Kong versus uh, um, my girl. What? What's wrong with me? Why did I forget? Bullicano uh, Bull Bull, yeah. from 1990, the cage match. Oh my god, I love that <laughs> match. It's it's my favorite Joshi match. Yeah. I love it. It's so violent. It's so violent.
0: Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, if New Japan starts women division... I think it would be smart. I'll, I'm about it. I'm down. I think, I'll, I'll, I think, I down. think like
1: it would be smart because of what WWE has proven that they can drop money doing it. Absolutely. And if, if New Japan like thought that they could make money off of it and it'd be successful and a great platform, or if they wanted to do interpromotional stuff with a, a stardom or an ice ribbon, by all means. But if they choose to never do that, it doesn't mean that they're evil it just means that it's not in the best interest of their company. Right. And there are other viable options for girls over there that are growing. And if you want to see them grow, support them. Watch them. How many of you are blogging about that? About about Joshi? How many of you are doing ring bells roundup like Sierra Reed and you know right. and all the and these other like women's uh wrestling news sites and, and podcasts, like most of you probably aren't, you know? But but you wanna uh, you wanna throw an easy straw man argument out there as opposed to I don't even know why it's just hate really is right. it really it's just hate basically
0: yeah it's stupid yeah so I'm sure we'll have this discussion again uh, maybe New Japan Cup time maybe MSG time
1: <laughs> the thing is is like it just is such a non-issue over there it's like the fan the the, the distinct fans of Joshi don't want it and then the fans of like New Japan and other companies also don't want it. And you have distinct fan bases that don't really intersect over there for the most part. They're aware of each other. They're aware of what the companies are. But if you're a Noah fan, you're pretty much a Noah fan. And if you're an all Japan fan, that's what you are. Yeah. These companies are working to expand wrestling and grow. There's not a lot of, it's not like people who are new Japan fans tend to be diehard, you know, stardom fans. And that's a, in some ways a good thing because you have distinct fan bases that are growing simultaneously and gaining exposure for for pro wrestling in general um i can almost guarantee you that if some of these like if if what if one of the scenarios we talked about with new japan swallowing up all these joshi promotions and then minimizing the women um then maybe you would never see an asuka come to america or maybe you would never see a kairi Sane. They they were brought over off of the notoriety they gained in the main event. E.L. Shirai and Io e. Um would would WWE be so apt to pick up these girls if they were just on the undercard, you know, in a in a meandering role in New Japan? Right. Probably not.
0: Yeah. So, so that's that's our stance on the women in New Japan thing. If you. No, You want to share your opinion with us, drop it in the comments Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, let us know What your thoughts are on women in New Japan But that's going to wrap things up for us this week We will be back with a new episode On our normal Tuesday, January 8th We'll be reviewing Wrestle Kingdom We'll be reviewing New Year's Dash and, of course, all the latest news and the fallout from and those that's two. That's
1: going to be a stacked show. Yeah. Oh, my God. we got to watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom and then New Year's Dash the next day. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great stuff. Uh, so make sure you're connecting with us on social media, on Twitter. This show is at K.I. Strong Style. Social Suplex at Social Suplex. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan on Facebook. We're Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can also find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash wrestling squared circle. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy and Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy, at social for questions or if you want to be involved with social suplex. And make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Lada and James Boyd. We have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland the outsider's edge with rance carl and kyle our podcast ded- dedicated to independent wrestling grown men watch this shit hosted by jeremy tate and chris brian we have the wilford watches podcast hosted by wilford and the Omega luke wrestling podcast from london and so make sure you subscribe and leave us a rating and review and until next time goodbye and good night bang